And hello, friends. Um, welcome to the R and R and R show. My name is Ruel Gaviola, joined by the incredible, the amazing Chris George. Chris, how the heck are you, my friend? What a friggin' intro that was, Ruel. I, I, in our mic test, I was heaping compliments upon Ruel, and I, what a delightful way for you to just return the favor. I just love you. I love being here with you. I love hanging out. I, I, every one of these is always just a friggin' blast because you're just such a gem of a human, and everybody in chat can back me up on that. That's Thank why they that. tune in. Yeah, let, let's for just, you. let's just compliment each other for the next two hours, and I will call it a show. <laughs> uh, but thank yeah. you for that, Chris. <laughs> uh, friends, let us know in chat how the audio and video are doing. Um, we literally got together about 10 minutes ago to start this yep. stuff. And as you can see, my lighting's all off. So I'm going to fix that as we go along. Uh, but let us know in chat. Uh, Inflames991, where's the third R? The third R will be here. Um, he's, video he's, in a, he's in a Winnebago traveling, trekking across the country. Yes, yes. So, um, <laughs> and he is, uh, I, I believe he's back home, uh, if I'm oh, not yeah? mistaken. But um, nice. Lighting's off, but passable sounds good. Thank you, Goblin. I'm going to fix that right now. Uh, Great. Thanks, Goblin. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what is new? What's been going on with you? Um, I haven't seen you in like a whole month, right? I know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I had I had a friggin' busy, busy month month of March. I was we saw each other at, at Dice Tower West. Yep. Oh, your lighting looks beautiful. Uh, now oh, you got to change it back because because before yeah. we were on the same level in terms of handsomeness. And now <laughs> now that I see now I, I can't compete. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw each other at Dice Tower West when uh, I was I was there running the World Series of Board Gaming little tur tournament regional qualifier. That was awesome to get to hang out. And then I did one of those in uh, in Toronto at Breakout Con, just another small little little meetup convention. I love I love game focused conventions. Yes, I you know there's nothing better than just like taking a chunk of time out of your out of your week or or setting a weekend aside or or five days or whatever it is or a month or an entire year, however long that con convention might be, maybe a whole year. That's the what what I want. Just yeah. a whole year of waking up playing games. That would be that and doing would be nothing the dream. with that. That's that right there. I want to thank Feldman for resubscribing, folks. If you have oh. an Amazon Prime account, you get one free sub per month here on Twitch. And if you do it here on the Rattle Runs Through channel, you get all kinds of free goodies. You can check that out in the show notes below. Want to, mm -hmm. <laughs> excuse me. I've got my post COVID cop, uh, Chris. It is so. Right, because you got Dice hit Tower after West. Dice Tower. I, I got hit. Did you get hit by the uh, COVID I, thing? I didn't. Okay. I was fine, but I I had COVID for the second time, uh, December. So I think like my oh, immunity wow. was probably still good enough because I know a lot of people got hit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, have you? Do you have any lingering effects from your two bouts of COVID? Uh, a little, honestly. Like, because I'm 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 also an actor and like a singer as well, and and like my range, I've lost like. Oh, my wow. highest note, which oh, wow. is a bit is a bit um, catastrophic for, you know, my my other career. But, you know, I, I just need to get back into training it. And, and but I definitely felt like those sorts of effects. But luckily, that's you know, that's the only thing I haven't had any sort of like breathing issues or, okay, or whatever. I did. I did lose my my taste, though. Ooh. I lost my taste, Ooh. but only specifically vinegar tasted like cleaning product and that was for about like a month and a half <laughs> and i thought it would it would never go back because i was eating something that had like rice vinegar in it yeah yeah and 
and and I was like, oh, we were cleaning up around the place. I was like, maybe this fork got something on it. I don't oh know. Gosh. And so I got something else. And I was like, no, that's what it was. And then when I, I like smelled the ketchup, because ketchup has like is like vinegar based, I think. Yeah. And and that's where I was like, oh, I can smell it in there. It smells like that sort of cleaning products. So those were my Whoa. those were my recovery how are you doing though you still got still got this cough though yeah i've, I've got the cough i mean it's like uh it, it's bugging <laughs> the heck out of me i mean it, it's oh it's just non-stop um so i recovered i i had it right after dice tower west i tested yeah. positive for almost like 12 days or 10 or 11 12 something like yeah that. and um <clears throat> the first the first day or two was pretty bad but then after that it was like just normal cold or whatever but right you know i kept testing yeah. positive again so frustrated and then by the time i tested negative this cough just started happening and it's just been right. constant it's like oh man i don't know it's just I and mean, i can talk for a little while but then i start hacking as as i did a little while ago um i've been doing cough drops i've been doing robitussin i've been you know yeah. drinking more tea um i don't know folks if you have any remedies for a covid cough let me know in chat i appreciate it uh, I, I do. I, I did laugh when you started talking, as I saw in chat, uh, John said, Chris never had any taste to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. I mean, nice. you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I love getting roasted uh, while we're in live stream. That's always fun. <laughs> Appreciate that, friends. Um, <laughs> that, oh, that's a drawn trip. Oh, there you go. We're going to make an official put yeah. on the screen there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And <laughs> that's very funny, John. That, uh, vinegar is a cleaning product. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Use it to clean the the floors but it was like bleach it was like bleach it definitely didn't nice. taste like vinegar you know i'm uh no was that during COVID not that i've tasted that... bleach but i, I but i assume say... <laughs> <laughs> I be you know you only have a, I, I have my little cup of bleach in the morning right <laughs> <laughs> that's my um that's my hollywood remedy that's how i that's how my skin stays so clean <laughs> and that's the secret fresh. to everlasting youth um yeah if so... you want to look like a skeleton definitely drink bleach <laughs> you'll get there <laughs> Uh, so did you lose your taste during COVID or was this post COVID? I think it was after. Yeah. Okay. I didn't quite notice. Cause yeah. Cause I was sort of like recovering, but it was like five or six days after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I lost yeah. a little bit of my taste during COVID. It wasn't too mm. bad. Like I was like the number one, cause I'm a foodie. And for me to yeah. lose taste, that would be like, Oh my gosh, I, I, that'd be like me not being able to play games. It'd be tragic of epic proportions. But thankfully that, that bypassed me for the most part. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> You know, Chris, it was so nice to, you know, it was super cool and just really nice to meet you in person at Dice Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was our first treat. time meeting in person. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, lovely. It, it really was. We got to hang out. Um, now, did we actually play a game? I don't remember if we played games or not. Did we? I don't. I don't know if we did because yeah. we wanted to play Great Western Trail Argentina. That's right. But but I also was so busy with running the the World Series event, so yeah. I I my schedule was was a lot more in flux than. Uh, yeah. Then, then I was uh, honestly that I was hoping for. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll go down and do this for World Series, no problem." Like it was still a fun event, and honestly, I, I loved hanging out with all the people there and and who participated in the event. Um, but but I was still hoping to. And some people dropped by too and were like, "Hey, do you want to play a game while you're judging?" I was like, "Absolutely, I do." Yeah. Um, so that was great. But yeah, um, yeah well, it was, it's just hard. It's hard too when you're there for uh, for like a, on, in an official capacity. That absolutely. sort of stuff. And it's it's a funny thing as you know people who you know we work in the industry and it's great to go to these conventions but then you see all your friends and stuff like you don't actually play games with them it's like oh hi can yeah. I see you you know look at work okay bye you know well we oh touche touche is touche, now touche. following that's fun 
Uh, I love that name. Um, yeah, we did, but we did go for Tacos El Gordo, though, which if you are in Vegas or in a place that has a Tacos El Gordo, that was my first time hitting up Tacos El Gordo. And yeah. So, boy, was it good. Okay, good. I'm so glad because I rave about yeah. that place. Um, mm-hmm. I always, you know, try to take folks who've never been there, you know, I, I try, yeah. that's the one place I want you to try. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those tacos are extraordinary. I, I love those tacos. Um, folks, if, yeah, if you go to Vegas, Tacos El Gordo, I think there's like three or four locations. We went to the brand new one, which is located mm. off the strip a little bit. Uh, it, it was nice. It was nice to be away from the main Vegas madness. Yeah. Um, but you got to get the uh, Tacos Al Pastor. It's the one that's on the little spit and it's, it's you know, twirling around. It's marinated yeah. pork. Hopefully you ate pork, folks. If you don't, then you're missing out. But that's okay too. They they have other options. But oh man, those I, I salivate yeah. just talking about. Yeah, it. so it's good. it's real good. It's like it's a it's a definite. Oh, I'm going in May. I'm going in May to do like a floor. Um, we got to figure out the floor plan for World Series. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Now, nice. I mean, <laughs> priority number one. <laughs> I'm only there for like a day. Exactly. I'm going. <laughs> Go straight there from the airport right to the taco. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, any other uh, highlights, Chris, from Dice Tower West? You want to share anything? I mean, you, you're obviously there. Uh, your official capacity yeah. is a you know World Series of board gaming. Maybe talk about the World Series coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you're going to be there now. It's it's yes. it's official. You can you can make it this year. Yeah, which is I, great. I can't wait. Uh, so it's in September, uh, right? Super mm-hmm. super stoked about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, fill us in. Like, what am I in for? What 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 am I going to be in? So what's in store for me, Chris? That's what I want. Well, yeah. So so for anybody who's watching, if you want to go hang out with Ruel, Ruel's going to be doing at least one one of the commentary things for the World Series board game. It takes place um, September 24th and 28th. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's our second year, and uh, we've got a, a an all star commentary team lined up. And so I was, and Ruel was was unable to make it uh, the the previous year, and so I I knew I wanted him back again because he's just going to crush it. So yeah, in terms of like um, any any of the board game media, there we, we've usually got them doing uh, commentary on the games, which this year is going to be hosted on Dice Towers Network. So they're going to stream the the event, uh, which will be cool, and then. And then we just, you know, raffle off some games with with the the board game media who's there as well. So you could, if you want to play a game with Ruel Gaviola, well, you can. I wish I could raffle off one with me, but I know that I will be running around and my hair will be like, you know, just everywhere. Nice. Uh, and and I and I will not be sleeping. But for everyone else, then you'll be able to hang out and play games with them. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just gonna be a chill convention. What I really loved about it is that like it, I was worried the first year that it was going to be so many like hyper competitive people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and it wasn't that at all. Like every, literally every person who I met with, I was like, man, you, you, you're cool. Like I would, I would sit down and play a game with you any day. And like, yeah, it was just like a really welcoming opening, open, inviting environment so yeah that, that's, I, I'm, I'm just i'm just excited that you can make it this year I, yeah, i'm I thrilled I that we that we got thrilled. that sorted out yeah, yeah. I, I cannot wait now i i love uh, i'm glad that you brought that up uh chris you know just the the type of environment that it is because you know world series, like i i knew i remember back in the day i mean it still happens now but the world series of poker you know mm-hmm. also takes place yeah. in vegas huge event yeah uh, but the poker crowd is a very different crowd than the board gaming crowd. So I know with the poker, it can be super ultra competitive. But, you know, with um, World Series of Board Gaming, like you said, it's a little more inviting. It's a little more welcoming, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, um, you know, just knowing some of the people behind it, you know, I, I know that they're, you know, going for an environment that's friendly 
And also, they're partnering with Dice Tower. I believe the Dice Tower, right, for the uh, the library, the yeah. library. Yeah, yeah, we're we, we're renting Dice Tower West library as well. So nice. I've been just trying to pitch it as like, hey, it's Dice Tower West, but uh, you can win twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine that would be. $25,000, folks, that's a lot of board games you can buy that's, with that money. That's a lot of board games you yes. can buy. That's definitely one shelf of yes. Kickstarters. <laughs> definitely. Time Rollers in the house. Hi, Time Roller. Thank you for that ruckus as well. Good to see everyone here. Uh, if we miss you, sorry, the, the comments are just flying by here. Uh, ruckus does mention, though, if you ever come to Spiel, uh, which is mm. in uh, Essen, right? That's in October, I believe. Uh, they yeah. were saying that you should try the Spiral Potatoes. Spiral G -G. Potatoes. I, I believe I've had that at one of the uh, like one of the events that my wife and I Michelle went to. It's the one that's like it's like a big fried potato, but it's spiral on a stick, and you just eat this. Well, that big, sounds and clab. That it, just sounds pretty great. awesome. Yeah, if it's the same have one you, I'm thinking of. You've been to Essen, right? I've never been to Essen. I haven't. No, I, that's on my oh, no? bucket list. Yeah, cool. on my bucket list to to go to. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be cool. What yeah. uh, I mean, we're talking about conventions. What what other convention? I've I, the only conventions I've really been to are like big big conventions. Well, World uh -huh. World Series and uh, Origins as well. I went. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, Origins. But I, I'm, yeah, never been to Gen Con. Yeah. And then and then just like I, because again, I kind of like those. I like those sort of gaming. I like gaming focused ones. Which yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Same here. I prefer those as well. Like. Dice Star West is good. I would, if you like mm -hmm. gaming focus, highly recommend Pax Unplugged uh, at the end mm -hmm. of the year. That one's fantastic. Um, I was gonna go this past year, and then oh. I was doing, I was doing a Christmas Carol, so I couldn't. Oh, nice, very yeah. nice. Uh, what character were you playing in Christmas Carol? I was uh, young Ebenezer, so ah. I was, I was before he was jaded, and as he gets jaded, which nice. I was like, okay, typecast. Uh, <laughs> in the process of becoming jaded with the world. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's the one I recommend. Um, I have not been to Origins yet. I would love to go to that one. Um, I've been to Gen Con a few times. Uh, Chris, Gen Con is is it's crazy. It, it's just yeah. it's I mean, it's literally a whole city of, of gaming, which is great. But um, I wouldn't call it a gaming focus um, con. I mean, there's tons of games. There's tons. Yeah. Of well, it's the booths, right? I, yeah, I think of it as like a demo focus, right? With yeah. With yeah, learning um, what's coming out and seeing and trying the new games, which there's an excitement to that too, right? Absolutely. Being able to try before you before you purchase something. Oh, yeah. I'm I, yeah. One of my I'm really excited for for Septima to come out whenever oh. it gets out. Like it was on Kickstarter um, a while. That was by Mind Clash, the Witch one. Yes, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, nice. Because I did I did a demo of that at Origins. So I was like uh -huh. one of the only demos that I did. Most mostly I was running around just being like. Hey, I'm now board game media. I like <laughs> yeah. myself to people basically, right? But um that was one that I was I, I got and uh and I was like, oh, this is fun. So yeah, I want to it's, it's nice playing now. those demos, right? Because then you can then you can be on the lookout and be like, Yeah, I think I do like that, right? It's it's right. so hard when you're when there's so many like well, there's so many games out there now, right? There's so oh, many yeah. games where you it's it's hard to absorb all of that information it really <laughs> and, is and knowing if you'll like it before you purchase it and and the reviews are great and like watching playthroughs are great uh, they're great tools in order to be able to do that yeah. but uh that that i think is where the merit comes in of of doing all those demos because you're like okay yeah 
I, I will purchase this as long as you don't get yep. sucked into purchasing everything, I think, because <laughs> games are naturally going to be good, you know? Games yeah. Are good. And games it's so easy. To, yeah. It's so easy yeah. to fall into that trap of, oh, I want yeah. all the things, you know? And yeah. uh, uh, Temple Town, thank you for the comment. It says, Ruel is much more quiet than Chris. Yeah. Oh, I've, thank you. Uh, I've been having all kinds of issues. So let me know. I just adjusted some of the things here on my end. Hopefully, um, our volume levels are a little more equal. Uh, but we'll, thanks tempo town yeah appreciate that we're going to continue yapping away here talking and uh folks in chat let us know what you've uh, been playing what you've been yeah. up to what cons you've been to um i will say this about gen con too, yeah yeah i will say this about gen con i mean it's one of the things as an industry person chris i mean it's if i had to pick one to go as an industry yeah. person this is the one yeah. to go to um you know i've i've made so many great contacts there. I've, I've actually struck a bunch of deals there i feel like it's just very conducive to doing business there. I mean, you have all the yeah. publishers there. So, and there's always events and mixers and all that stuff. Um, as a consumer, I'd probably go as, I'd probably recommend this one as well. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just all the hot games are coming out, you know? That and, makes uh, sense. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. huge. I've seen videos from, from people who've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't go. Uh, oh, Roshko says I'm going to Origins for the first time this year. Excited for that. That's awesome. Oh, cool. Nice. That's awesome, Roshko. Um, yeah, I, I won't be able to make it to Origins or Gen Con this year because I have a summer contract as well. I'm, I'm working oh. in uh, Halifax at Shakespeare by the Sea. Ooh, um, nice. Anybody, any East Coasters out there want to come to Point Pleasant Park? Well, you know, you'll see. Wow. Me. <laughs> Wait, um, Shakespeare by the Sea? So are you actually... Uh, near the near the water doing this? yes yeah oh. so so in Halifax there's like a there's a there's a park called Point Pleasant Park and that's kind of at the tip of uh, of Halifax where it's where it's on the Atlantic. Yeah, I think it's the Atlantic Ocean that's right there. Wow. We don't have that necessarily as a backdrop, but it's like pretty close, and you can kind of see it in in the distance where the it, the park where they're set up. They're set up at the old at, the, at an old battery where like uh, like there used to be cannons and posts and war times and whatever. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty um, cool place to work. I've worked there before, but uh, that's amazing. Uh, I know here uh, in LA, Griffith Park. That's the big park. It's like the Central Park of uh, the West mm, Coast. Yeah. Um, they had Shakespeare, uh, Michelle and I used to go to the Shakespeare in the park over there and we've oh, seen cool. a lot of great plays, but, um, can you, do you have your, uh, the schedule set? Can you talk about what plays you'll be doing or, um, yeah. Uh, somebody said, Goblin said in Verona. Yeah. It, we're doing, we're doing Romeo and Juliet there. So nice. we're doing Romeo and Juliet and we're doing, um, Pinocchio. They always do like a family show, like a musical adaptation of, uh, of a standard, uh, shows so they've done like Pinocchio, they've done Cinderella, like Cinderella in the West, uh, <laughs> and they're always fun, like with original music and and that kind of stuff, and like live band and singing and whatever. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, so so we're doing both in rep. So we'll do one one night, one the other night. We'll rehearse them both at the same time. I think one will open, and then we'll have a week, and then uh. we'll open the second one, and then we'll go back and forth. Um, yeah, it, it should be a good time. So in in Romeo and Juliet, I'm going to be uh, the prince. And Paris, which is great because it's a very light track. I don't have to do anything at all. But say, <laughs> stop your fighting or something nice. bad will happen. And then I'll come <laughs> in at the end and say, I told you something bad would happen if you didn't <laughs> stop your fighting. Uh, basically, that's all the prince does. Nice. Uh, but then in Pinocchio, I'm like, I'm Wendell the donkey master. So he's like the lead villain or whatever. So I'll be the, 
I'll be spinning my spinning my mustache as cartoonishly <laughs> as possible. I don't know. Nice. Yeah, it should I be fun it. though. It's, it's it's a fun company. How cool is that? that? That's amazing. Now, see, now I wish I lived on the East Coast just so I could go see the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty far away from LA. That's yeah, as far as you get North America. <laughs> right. You know what? Just this once, you're relieved. Well, I'll give you a pass for this one. Thank you, Chris. But, I uh... appreciate that. Uh, Kiss, thank you for the uh, follow. Appreciate it. Uh, welcome. This is the R&R&R show. Uh, Chris George and I, and also Richard Rottleham, is going to be joining us via video. We're going to be doing our top 15 games that mm-hmm. BGG got wrong. Uh, so, folks, you're going to be we're going we're going to talk about a bunch of great games that we feel need to be higher on the BG list, like BGG top 10. Top ten games for sure, yeah. And this is the definitive <laughs> list, folks, from all all three of us here. Uh, but yep. you're here in the pre-show, um, and we're just hanging out, uh, chatting. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of things too. We've got uh, so people here they spend channel points, they get to redeem th- uh, things. Um, I'm gonna. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, Chris, but I'm gonna put you on the spot anyways. Uh, okay, we have a spot. thing called Trivial Pursuits where we ask our uh, hosts um, some to share some trivia about themselves. Um, normally, Richard and I, we spin a wheel, and it's one of us, or we do general trivia. But, you know, you've been on the R&R show a couple of times. We would like to know a little bit more about you, Chris. If you don't <laughs> mind sharing a fun fact or a story or an anecdote or Shakespeare, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't mind sharing. Is there is there any sort of... Um... There's no sort of structure. I just go with random facts. Yeah, random facts. So you know, I've ta- uh, Richard and I have just talked about our lives, past you know stuff that we, uh, former jobs we've held, or some cool run-ins with you know whoever celebrities or not, or just you know uh, gaming related things. It, it's up to it's up to you. So um, yeah, Goblin's We're asking your credit that. card number. Maybe you want to share that oh, or your yeah, PIN yeah, number. Absolutely. Uh, my my social security number. Here's a cute little trivia. It's all ones. <laughs> it's one 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 one. It's there you go, folks. <laughs> Actually, uh, my equity number. I, I can share my equity number. My equity number is 33303. It's so easy. It's so easy to. That's for the actor's equity. That's for. Um, there you go, folks. Run with it. Do what you can do with that. I don't know. <laughs> Sharon is caring, John says. <laughs> But uh, you know, you know, you know what I will say. This is something that that um, my patrons uh, over on my own like sort of Discord they like to post memes about. I will share this as a little trivia trivia fact. Um, did you know, Ruel, that that I uh, that I'm a child TV star? I, I was a children's TV star. Wait, what, Chris? <laughs> tell me all about your child uh, acting career. Oh my gosh! This well, is so I wasn't. Cool. I, I I acted for the children as an adult and not as a child. Oh, okay. As a child, but. Okay. Um, so I I was on this uh, this TV show CBC show uh, it, it was, uh, that's uh, Canadian broadcast company it's a network in Canada uh, called the Mobleys and it used to be called the Omies uh, and it originated from uh, the stateside and it was a it was a it was a show all about getting kids up and moving like yoga ohm that's where the Omies came from and oh people were okay. like nobody knows that well let's change it to the Mobleys because at least kind of like it's mobile yeah Roscoe's shouting the Mobleys Roscoe knows nice um <laughs> uh oh Rucka says you have a boat work door-to-door vacuum salesman <laughs> um, my was... buddy actually did almost get into working for door-to-door salesman and they didn't oh. tell him that's what they were doing and then he showed up uh at the job and they like were so like abrasive and they just like stuck their foot in the door and like we're gonna take a look at your water heater and just kind of like barge into people's homes he's like this is the most sketch thing ever oh my I gosh am not working here goodbye 
Um, <laughs> luckily, the Mobley's wasn't sketch. Uh, before we started, so I did two seasons of that. I played a giant green grasshopper named Gisbert Grasshopper. And uh, I did like 50 episodes where it's me in a giant green grasshopper suit. I got a red wig, like green antenna, singing and dancing, getting people, uh, kids up and moving. We did like a little cross Canada tour, which was just like malls in Ontario, really. Wow. And, um, but before we even started filming, uh, I got to perform at the White House for the White House Easter egg roll, where technically Ariana Grande opened for us because she was on the bigger stage and we were on the kids stage. And just like how the schedule worked, she finished her set and then we did our set. So I like to say that Ariana Grande opened for us. The oh, my gosh. Uh, we did like a little thing, getting kids up and dancing because because White House Easter egg roll. This was this was um uh, in Barack Obama's last term. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so Michelle Obama, this was an initiative by by Michelle Obama in terms of like getting people active. Right. So that's why, like how they got involved. Right. Uh, so I think they've been there before and then they thought it would cool. It would be a cool thing. And it, it was to to bring like the cast down before we started filming. Um, so that, that was a, that was a really, a really cool experience. I am um, so blown away right now. I, I had no idea we've been hanging out with a Mobley all this time. This is amazing. <laughs> this is great. Did you, uh, so yeah, I remember Michelle Obama's initiative to, it was, you know, getting cities more active and stuff. Did you actually get to meet the uh, president and first lady or... Uh, we got to meet we got to meet Michelle Obama. Yeah. Wow. We, we, we were there. She well, she just kind of swung by. It wasn't it wasn't like anything of significance, right? Yeah, she yeah. Was, she was doing the rounds as everybody was enjoying the Easter egg roll. Um wow. But it was still, yeah, it was still it was still pretty cool. Like uh, yeah, we were on the on White House grounds, and yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty cool event. I don't know if it still happens, but I assume it does. Wow, I, I'm sure the security was uh, pretty crazy uh, out there to, yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. What it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Like from an outside point of view, but like I, you know, that there's security everywhere, right? Yeah, like, and there were, and so so Michelle Obama would be walking, or or, or Barack Obama would be walking, and and they'd just be like surrounded by people, so they didn't get didn't get swarmed and whatever. Right, right. Um, how long did you? Uh, how long were you mobley? Was this just a season, or how, how's that? Work? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so we did two seasons, so we did thirty episodes in the first season, and we did twenty episodes in the second season. Uh, so that was twenty fourteen to like twenty sixteen. And then we actually got nominated for um, for like a Juno award for our, for our kids album. Wow! Because uh, we put out a kids album, and and so the the Junos are like the Canadian Grammys. Uh, nice. <laughs> and, and so yeah, so we were nominated for that, which was which was cool. And so we went we went to to where the Junos were, and we did a little performance. And then we looked around at all the signs that were up because CBC was broadcasting the Junos, and that that's what our show was on. And we're like, whoa, look at all these. Look at all these signs for all these CBC shows that are that are going on. Where, uh, where is where's where's our sign? Because we're the only thing from CBC that's actually nominated. So I feel like they would probably put up a, one of our signs. No, oh no, oh, oh, we're canceled. Is that how we're gonna? Oh, no. okay. Good to know. We're not getting to season three. <laughs> that was like I was like, all right, noted, great. Okay. Uh, I'll enjoy this like <laughs> last performance as the Mobleys. Um, <laughs> Ouch! Oh, don't do it. Adam chat. says oh his, his friend was a Mobley. She was in purple. Dash a dog. That would be Michelle Bowie. If that's your friend, don't oh do wow. It, um, yeah, I, I I worked very closely with Michelle for for many years. Um, yeah, but yeah, so that was that was how we found out that uh, that we weren't getting like a third season. 
thought it was it was, it was okay. Uh, that, we that also is pretty harsh. Yeah, we, <laughs> our second season was really good though because we were filming we were filming in Halifax. So I've been to Halifax numerous times to work, and uh, we we that that was right around the time that the the provincial government cut the tax credits so for for those who who are unaware there's a lot of different tax credits that's why a lot of um a lot of american productions end up filming in canada as well because we give tax breaks because of the income that it basically generates for the province right uh that's so they're like okay we'll cut down the tax break and so the the government of of nova scotia was like oh there's we're giving back these productions so much money we're cutting that tax break and then all the productions were like great well we're not going to do the industry in nova scotia anymore ever because oh. now there's no incentive for us to be here so they they basically just like tanked the entire film industry in oh, nova wow. scotia yeah oh. just completely ridiculous dumb choice and so like everybody like all of the money that's being pumped into the local economy of people being there just kind of got trashed um but because of that we were like the last production to fall under that sort of tax the tax breaks okay and so we got every single like amazing professional to come work on our show because they didn't have anything else to do nice they were like okay i guess this is the only game in town this is the last thing yeah <laughs> so we had like an awesome director of production we had like a, an amazing crew so that's so yeah, great <laughs> Now, uh, how many albums did you release? Are, are and are these available? Uh, on you know, <laughs> can I buy them on my local on Amazon or something? You could you could probably find them on like iTunes uh, Music nice. at least. Nice. For sure, we have one like official album okay. where we recorded like, uh, and the music's pretty good. It's it's not bad. It's like good kids music. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. what was really cool about the show is that every episode was like a different style. And so musically, it was like a different style as well. So we had like a Western, then we had like a waltz one, and then nice. we had like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we had a swing one. Like this, that, that swing song was pretty cool. Then we had like a pop song that was like Britney Spears. And, <laughs> and so like all of these different cool uh, musical styles got to be thrown in. Uh, which was neat. And so so the album just, every episode had like three songs, like small songs, mm -hmm. but it's the same song just with different lyrics. And so the album kind of took those songs and we, we kind of like mashed them together basically. Yeah. Um, oh, to to so make cool. like an actual, an actual sort of cut that, that you could, you could listen to. And, and that yeah. was a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, but oh, uh, yeah, you could, you could definitely find it. You oh, could definitely find uh, it. Yeah, I, folks, I think that should be our, our mission until the uh, the next R&R &R &R show. Let's find uh, the Mobleys and listen. Now, uh, as far as the music, was it like group singing or like, were you able to, did you solo anything or did you have your moment in the, in the sun there in the spotlight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we all, yeah, we all kind of did. Right. We, okay. we, the the episode structure was like one person would kind of head head up an, an episode. I'm seeing don't do it, Adam says. Yeah, Michelle and Matt, those were those were two of my Mobleys. Oh, nice. Those two of my Mobley buds. Um, yeah, Matt played the snake. Michelle played the dog, and then there was a butterfly and a caterpillar as well, oh uh, and a grasshopper. So three bugs, a snake, and a dog. That was well. The dog was for yoga, right? Downward dog. That's, oh, downward you know, dog. Were, Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were kind of based off of the the sort of yoga poses wow this is um, great um <laughs> folks this is the, these are the gems that you get when we do trivial pursuits thank you chris for sharing that's, this that's you know I, i've got i've got so many more questions but you know we can't we're gonna <laughs> we, we're, we need to talk about games at some point we need to talk about games at some point i yeah, agree we, we will get to that um let me see anything else we got to uh, take care of before we get going so let me mark that off our little uh thing so i want to thank uh that was uh brenner thank you for 
requesting the Trivial Pursuits. Um, you actually requested it twice. So I'm going to make mark them off twice because Chris really oh, shared I, a lot I of just, great stuff. Yeah, that was went on. definitely worth. Went on that was definitely on. worth twice. Uh, we've got to rule all ranks. We're going to save that for next time. But uh, Chris, I want to do this one with you. This is um, a uh, channel uh, points. People can do uh, a request of this or that. So that's where yeah. I have we done this one before, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've done this and that. We've okay. done this and that. Well, we'll do it again. We've got one more. Uh, this is from our friend uh, Goblin, uh, requested this two weeks ago. This or that, folks, in chat, give us uh, uh, two items. We're going to have to choose this or that. So peanut butter or jelly, pizza or hamburgers or whatever. You know, games can be anything related. Just drop them in chat, and then Chris and I are going to give our uh, take on them. Now, Richard and I usually, we usually talk way too long on these things, but we're going to try to keep it a little more snappy. <laughs> Uh, so, folks, this or that, put it down uh, your uh, topics or your um, words in the chat. Yeah, there, there's one uh, right there. Uh, Goblin says, uh, taste or smell. What, what, are we, what are you choosing there, Chris? Well, I mean, you got to go taste, right? Yeah. You, you got to go taste yeah. because the smell will impact the taste. But if you can smell it and then it's just mush, like it's yeah. just the worst. I I agree 100%. I you know, I yeah. want to taste my food. I it's it's fine smelling the food, but it's even better tasting. So, thank you for starting things off goblin. Uh mm -hmm. Roscoe says night cage or night cage 2 <laughs> candle boogaloo. Uh Chris, I'm going to uh, leave we, that one to you, uh my friend. Yeah, we got to go with night cage 2 candle boogaloo <laughs> because a the name, b maybe it'll be an improvement upon the original. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what this is referring to. I mean, there's a no, there's a board there's a board game called Night Cage, right? There's a board game called the Night Cage. Yeah. Okay, so that's definitely what Rashka is referring to, either the Night Cage or anything but the Night Cage. Yeah, I I, I love the the electric boogaloo uh, reference. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Billy Pratt is asking mountains or oceans. Oh, see, that's that's really tough. One thing I do love about Vegas is you can see those mountains, yeah. right? Like, well, I'm sure it's it's less of a it's less of a an excitement for you living in L.A. The one time I was in L.A. walking around the mountains, that was really cool, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, the mountains are, are so beautiful, but I got to go oceans because I'm I'm an Aquarius. That's hey, the reason. Wait, you're an, I'm, a, I'm also an Aquarius, man. Really? You're an Aquarius? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I think. Did we I talk about birthdays this? are close, aren't they? I'm uh, well, I'll, I'll say I'm January 30th. Oh, yeah. I'm February 4th. Oh, so we're, we're birthday week. Nice. There's there's your virtual fist bump, my friend. Yes, Aquarius. Nice. Aquarius for life. Um, I'm going to oceans as well. I mean, I'm a Southern California guy. I've, I've grew up near the ocean somewhat, but I, I just I've always just enjoyed the beaches more. Um, yeah. You mentioned L.A. That's one cool thing about being in L.A. You can literally go from the mountains to the ocean within like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. It's 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 pretty pretty cool we have the best of both worlds here mm -hmm. um this is a tough one from uh don't do it adam says gloomhaven or monopoly yeah see just monopoly has so many iterations right like yeah. you've got you've got um you've got bibleopoly you've got oceanopoly you've got i made a whole fake bracket of monopoly games of, <laughs> of, of like a fake bracket of real monopoly games wow i looked up a for uh i forget what it was i do i do on my channel room board the the we do like a board game tournament every month yeah and so like it's like a like a march madness bracket and nice. so one i think it was april i think it was probably for april because it was april 1st i just put that up in the in the chat i was like here's here's the bracket i hope everybody likes it and so i was like there's so many different versions of monopoly i love it uh so we got to go monopoly right we got to yeah, go th that, so many versions. Then, 
means more replay value than something like Gloomhaven. Yeah. So, now, I will not. say this. They take about the same amount of time to play through. So there's that. <laughs> they do. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, uh, Goblin's asking, uh, Goblin asks, skydive or scuba dive? Have you ever been skydiving, Roel? I have not. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it terrifies me. Um, I'm too scared. Yeah. I'm way too scared to go. I've done, I, I mean, I've I, yeah, I've been underwater more than I've been up in the sky. So I, yeah. I'm going with scuba dive. Yeah, scuba diving, you just, you swim, you come up. Yeah. You're, you're safe. Yeah. Skydiving, your parachute doesn't open. That's well, it. You think about that un, unfinished campaign at Gloomhaven that you, <laughs> that you wish you could get to. And then you're done. Uh, the Top of Waffle, thanks for joining us, says tomato or tomato? Mmm. Whichever one tastes better. Yeah, I would say would be my answer. Yeah, and thankfully I, we, I mean, we I kept our taste from the other question. So yeah, whatever tastes better. <laughs> yeah, call. true. Uh, board game setting: uh, dungeons or space? That's a great question. I mean, there's so much of both. Mm-hmm. I feel like the dungeon, like the the dungeons. I'm thinking of fantasy dungeons, and and yes. although I suppose there are some other dungeons out there that uh, could be in, a, in in a different setting, like Castles of Mad King Ludwig has some dungeons in right, it. Right, right. Um, but I think, I don't know, space just feels a, a lot more expansive to me, yep. um, right? Like, it, not in not just in terms of the pun of it, like, just, you know, con- continually expanding, but, yeah. but the fact that there are so many different worlds and so many different, it feels like there's more creativity that could be had Agreed. in space. Yeah. And so I could therefore see more variability, and that's what would lead me towards space. Personally. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I'm more of a space guy, a sci-fi guy to begin with. But again, it's yeah. just that, you know, to bold to go where no one's gone before. That's that's mm-hmm. space, folks. Um, Andrew Scott's asking a phone call or email. I Let's oh. see. What do you, what do you think, uh, Chris? I'm going to let you answer this first. I Absolutely email. Yeah. Absolutely email because, same. you know, you get busy right? You've, you've got so much on the go. I'm doing like five or six or 10 things at once. And then if you have to take a break and, and take like an hour, two hour, <laughs> three hour long phone call, uh, sometimes that disrupts your flow, right? When, it, right? when it's just like a simple question, sometimes it's a simple question. You know, you know, the, you know, the expression could have been an email. Um, yep. I feel like that sometimes happens with phone calls. And, uh, and so, so just being have email, you, you also can then you it's written down, you know what's going on. You have, if you forget some, say your right. memory's going for some reason, you know, rather than it's hard, sometimes hard to retain information as well from phone calls. Just nice having all written down perfectly. And you can just send one off middle of the night. You don't have to depend on the other person. Yep. It's great. Fantastic. Email all day, every day. Same. Yes. I, I was, we're so in agreement of uh, emails. <laughs> you know, I, we can be talking right now, Chris, and, Ask me a couple hours from now. Um, I have no idea what we're talking about. But if this would right. been a, if this was an email, I could reference yeah. that email. Oh, this is what we talked about. Now I remember what the mooblies are and so forth because I have that email. Hundred you know, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for thank sure. you for that. Great, um, great this or that. Great this or that. That was fantastic. Uh, Ruckus is asking: swimming with sharks or swimming with jellyfish? Ooh, I don't want to do either. To be honest with you. Oh. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. Okay, so swimming with the sharks, you probably have to be in the in the shark cage. Swimming with the jellyfish, I'm thinking of that scene. There, there is one reward challenge in Survivor where oh. there's like this jellyfish lake. Do you watch Survivor? I love Survivor. No, I don't. But I, yeah, this I will terrifying. be on Survivor and I will win Survivor. Yes. Um, that is the goal. But there's this one reward where this whole jellyfish lake and like 
all the jellyfish didn't have stingers, so they were docile. Uh, so that's okay. where I would go swimming with jellyfish because it just seemed like such a beautiful, serene, awesome reward challenge. So. Yeah. Now, if you get stung by a jellyfish, it's not a good thing, right? I mean, is it? It's not like, a good thing. Yeah. So, oh, man, I I guess I mean I guess your chance of surviving a jellyfish sting is much better than a shark bite, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. was trying to think of Steve Irwin. Uh, he got he got got with a stingray, so it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Goblin is also asking Wayne's World one or Wayne's World two. I like the first uh, Wayne's World. I don't. What was the Wayne's World two? I forgot. Was that the one with Rob Lowe, or is he in this first one? I I honestly can't remember. I think Rob yeah. Lowe might be in the first one. Everything that I'm thinking of could have could be from the first one. Yeah. Um. A friend of mine w- was is in Wayne's World. Oh, he's really? In the car. Yeah, his name's Sean Sullivan. One of the guys the that middle, was doing the, the one of the guys in the car. No, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I worked with him on a couple of shows. He's awesome. awesome that's so guy. cool. He's, in, he's an Umbrella Academy too. <laughs> um, uh, so I'd say asked... one because clearly that's why what we're remembering. Oh yeah, yeah it's definitely one. Uh, crowdfunding campaign with no rulebook or campaign with no upfront shipping info. <laughs> That's that's tough. That's really tough. Neither. There are too many other options that you yeah. can just go to another one. Both <laughs> both are yeah. essential. If you had to pick one though. Um oh yeah. Oh, that's I mean I I guess I want the shipping info because the rule book I can get later online on BGG hopefully, but yeah, it's tough because if you say no shipping info, you might be hit with a you're, yeah. with it. You know, they might be reasonable. Might be reasonable. Yeah, and and so true. my initial is like, I'm hoping in the best of people, right? I'm hoping the best that like they're not going to hit you with a huge bill. Right. But if they don't know, then they also haven't investigated that aspect of delivery, mm-hmm. which I think is important. If they don't even have a ballpark, right? Yeah. And yeah. and no rule book. Even if they don't have a rule book, they'll at least have. The like I read every rule book of every single crowdfunding campaign on my Monday show. Like yeah. and that's I go on on this is this is targeted to me clearly because I go on and on and on about if there's no rule book. Wild Gardens didn't have a rule book on the campaign this past week. And really? I was so bummed. Oh. Yeah, it, it didn't. They had two videos, they had a had an outline of a sketch, huh. and I was like, I, I was bummed because I thought it looked cool and I wanted to look under the hood. Luckily, there were a couple of videos, and then I had to watch that. But like for me, I was like, okay, I have to watch somebody else regurgitate this information which when I, I, I want to see how it works mechanically for myself because, right. well, one, one of the games that I'm going to talk about on, on the upcoming list when mm-hmm. we start doing, doing the episode is was something where I read through the whole rule book and everything, everything checked off every box for me, right? Oh. And so that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing that, that I think that I want, right, is, is going like, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then when that happens, I don't, I don't care what the shipping is because if it's yep. hitting for me, then then like you're excited. So this is this is really tough. This is yeah. really tough. I am man. Oh yeah, because this, this one is really tough. Rule books because they're they're both yeah. so so important to me. Yeah, they're super. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna lean. Oh, you're almost talking me because I, I at first I was instantly like, okay, I need that shipping info. Well, but wait, but you do but. I, I need a, I need a rule book because uh, you know, okay here's the thing now that shipping I mean it, there, we still have our issues with shipping these days but I feel like yeah. the worst of it is behind us um, yeah you know? that's that's what I'm leaning so I'm I, I think I've got to go I want that rule book I I really do I th- I think I would have to say that as well because yeah. 
the margin for error is larger. It's it's worse if you don't have the rule book. It's worse if you've been given a sketch of a game and you're like, yeah, that game seems cool. And yeah. then you get the game and you're like, this was nothing. This was nothing like what they were selling. Like yeah. what they were promoting was this big negotiation factor. And there's no negotiation in here other than this one little tiny thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, look, so look at all those bits going all over the screen. Wow, we just got raided by Book of Nerds. Book Thank of you, nerds. John. Appreciate it. Hello, Bonsnare. Good to see <laughs> you all here. Folks, if you're here for the first time, this is the Ronald Runstreet Channel. My name is Ruel Gaviola, joined by my co-host, Chris George. This is the R&R&R show. Uh, the third mm-hmm. uh, R, uh, Richard Rodoham. He'll be joining us via, via video in just a second. What we're doing is a mm-hmm. pre-show, and we're going to be recording an episode where we're talking about our the top 10 or top 15 games that BGG got wrong. So stick around. Yep. We're just hanging out, doing some uh, chit chat with the, uh, the uh, viewers here and uh, welcome friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, I, I just lost my turn. Oh, we were talking about, uh, yeah. Do you want R- shipping Ruckus... info or do you want um, a rule book? And we're saying we want the rule book. Yeah. Yeah. Ruckus makes a good point. Like I definitely want the shipping info. If I know enough about the game to consider backing, I don't need the rule book. And I, and I get that mentality of it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's also if the sketch is clearly laid out, then it's then it's great. But right. if you don't have that sketch, well, then you're probably not back in the first place, which I think is what Ruckus is saying, which yeah. which is pretty legit. That's, that's true. That's legitimate too. So true. It's 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 really tough. I I just think the margin for error, like for shipping, if it's not there, you can just hope that it's assumed to to be you know a standard shipping yeah. estimate. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, if the rule book's not there, you just have to take the sketch's word for it, and you yeah. don't know if that's gonna. Oh, that was a that was a tough one. That was tough. That was a yeah. That was a really tough one. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna end that segment there, folks. That was very good. Thank you, everyone, for all the great this or that. Where uh, Chris and I, we choose one of the other, and oh man, we were in agreement with most of them, I think. But oh, that that last one was tough. That was, that was excellent. So we're going to mark that as complete. Thank you, Goblin, for the um, suggestion. We still have from Brenner a Ruel rank, so I'll do that next time. Uh, so mm-hmm. thank you, friends, for that. Uh, hello, Slivers. Good to see you here. And uh, Sir Bearsworth asked the all-important question, which one won, <laughs> this or that? I would say I think, this one. I think this one. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. this one. Goblin, <laughs> Goblin so. says something, too. Yeah, I, I was disappointed by Ascension because of that. The back of the box made it sound like magic, but it's nothing like that, right? Oh, when you get yeah. when you get that sketch, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you and, and backs of the box do this. It's really hard to distill the feeling of a game in just like a few sentences. Mm-hmm. But when you get that sketch uh, of it and then it doesn't deliver on that promise... That's gonna that's gonna really impact you. Might as well have not even purchased it, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because I, it, it doesn't hit to the thing that you want. I think that's that's right. That's huge. It's huge. I man, I I remember Ascension, but I don't remember reading the back of the box. That's so funny. I mean, but yeah, it's definitely I've never not played magic. Ascension. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's maybe they were. It looks good. Yeah, Ascension's a great deck builder. It's been around forever. Yeah. I think they were trying to sell it as far as like one of the designers was an ex Magic the Gathering you know professional player. Mm. So maybe that's that could have right. been part of the selling point. But um, yeah, okay, cool. Um, ben Osteen's here. Hi, Ben. Good to see you here. Um, we are going to be getting ready to record our top fifteen, the top fifteen games that BGG got wrong. I want to do a little setup. So, you know, folks who, who've been here since the get-go, you know that things were a little frazzled at the start. So I want to make sure all this stuff is good to go. 
Um, Chris, what else is new? What else can we uh, chat about here while I'm doing the? Well, I'm just uh, thinking about things. thinking about the games that I've that I've been playing. I've been mostly playing stuff that's like related to coverage r- responsibilities that I've that I've had to play. Mm-hmm. Um, although got got a few games of Earth in, which was cool. And Ooh, I how'd you like really that? Covering that, I I quite enjoyed it. My first my Same. first initial play. I played it over uh, on uh, Quackalope's channel, I think. And uh-huh. and so, like, first initial play, I feel like his energy of, like, this is the best really got in me. I was like, you're, uh, you're right. Of course it is. <laughs> um, and then, this, like, the second and third, I've now, like, kind of calmed down a bit on it. I still think it's really good. Yeah. But I think, I, I think there's a, I'm, I'm, my whole, my whole, I try to, I try to be very aware of, like, being restrained and not hyping things up, yeah. like, too, too much. And so trying to look at, like, Okay, if everybody's talking about how good this thing is, what are who are the people who won't enjoy this, right? Right. That's what I try to I try to get. And I still think it's really good. I still think it's really accessible. I'm okay. excited to bring it home and play it with my parents because my mom got it for me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she 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 got it. Up. She was watching my Kickstarter show and she was like, "Oh, a Canadian like company, good price. It was a nice. really good price." Uh, and so. Uh, I'm excited to play with them, and I, I feel it. It is very accessible and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the the it, I still think it's great. It's it's like not going to leave my collection anytime soon. Okay, but uh, cool. it I, I, it may not be like wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, like I feel I feel that's the vibe that's out there right now. And yeah, for me it's just like yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good game. But I think like it's like anything. You still I still will want to be in the mood for it. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing I'm curious about because I got to play it for the first time at Dice Tower West, and it was like the big hit oh, at Dice cool. Tower West, right? And just recently, yeah, uh, that was my oh, first cool. time playing with Richard, yeah. and um, I loved it. I I was yeah. absolutely fired up. I was like, yeah, I can see why the hype, and it's definitely already yeah. it shot up to my uh, you know top three games of the year so far, easily. Yeah. yeah, but I need to get those additional plays now. You know, like you, it's like okay, let, now that the initial excitement's over, yeah. does it have staying power? You know, is it is it as good? I as, think it does. I okay. think it absolutely does. Yeah, That's I, I don't think there's any there's any fear of that. Uh, yeah. For me, it was like. The, the the amount of choices that you have mm-hmm. feels feels a bit sometimes feels a bit overwhelming and so if you have people who are who are, who are like prone to analysis paralysis or prone to trying to like min max everything i think that's yeah. where it can it can really fall but if you're like okay i'm pursuing the strategy try this you know yeah. people who don't love the point salad style games where you just get points for everything as well like mm-hmm. everything gets you points and i like that about it too and it has yeah. one of my favorite mechanics in it the follow mechanic uh, which I, yes. I love and I think keeps everybody engaged yep. um, and, and I think is great. But I think, um, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still very excited to play it again. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a very fun game. Yeah, I've uh, been, but, I, I really want to play, yeah. play it solo. I, I feel like that's the, mm. these are the type of games I really enjoy solo. Um, but yeah. I, I'm with you on the, the two things, the follow me- mechanic, you know, where everyone, you stay engaged during the game. It's not like you take your turn and then you wait for 10 minutes until you can look at your turn again. But yeah. I I love this, the simultaneous play really did it for me for that game. You know, we got yeah. to and it was like, you know, it's not a light game. There's a lot going on. You got to think yeah. about it. But at the same time, you're going at the simultaneous to everyone else. So it's not like, you know, there's a lot of downtime, which I always appreciate um, yeah. in the game. Uh, Sir Barrows has got a great comment. He says, uh, mm-hmm. Earth hits the sweet spot for me between the quick games of Race for the Galaxy, but doesn't out say it's welcome like Terraforming Mars Area's Expedition kind of yeah. does for me. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um you know, I I like Ares Expedition and um, but like the original Terraform Mars, 
that's the one I felt like really outstanding it's welcome. And I, as much as I love that game, oh, yeah. it's an all-timer for me. You know, I had to get like the Prelude expansion to ramp it up a little quicker. And right. uh, But yeah, Earth is terrific. So um, good call yeah. there, Sir Bearsworth. Okay. Um, I think I've got stuff ready to go. Um, volume levels look okay. Uh, folks in chat, let us know if uh, anything goes haywire. Uh, just, you know, Drop one of those little uh, cute uh, stickers in there, and we'll we'll be able to uh, stop the show. Well, we'll just take a break, fix stuff, and then we'll continue. But we're going to be uh, Chris and I are going to be doing this recording a YouTube video, so we're not going to be responding to chat right away. So, but stick around for the post show. We're going to do, do that mm-hmm. as well, and um, you know we can talk about what your games are that you feel like um, BGG got wrong. So yeah. let me set all this up, Chris. Any final things we need to go for? go through before we no. get started here no i think so i think i i'm excited i'm excited to do this list i'm excited to do this list Same. um well yeah. i'll talk about it when we start yeah telling about what my criteria and all that so i don't have to awesome. uh, don't double double say it yeah but, uh, okay cool let me yeah. um get this ready here so i'm gonna erase this so that is gone i'm gonna use that to do our little numbers you're gonna kick things off with number 15 is that correct yep okay oh, yeah cool so are we doing a little battle royale to finish this off? We are. We're we gonna yeah, good call. Thank you. Um folks, yeah. battle royale, get ready to duke it out. Um, let me type that in. Battle royale. Look good at, luck. Look at that friggin' big big uh somebody embiggin themselves. Yeah. All right. So as we do that, I'm gonna check stuff behind the scenes. Hopefully this works. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah. They're coming in. They're ready. Oh, it seems like your chances are going to be really good. I can't oh, okay. see any names. All right, but uh, but there's there's this is a very exciting battle royale. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that, folks. It's kind of like Hearthstone Battlegrounds. You set yourself up, and then you just watch it happen, baby. Yeah. Look at that! Oh, so one of the biggies do. got uh, slaughtered. Oh, no! Okay. Oh no! Well, that's that's the problem. You make yourself big, you're going to be a giant target, right? Yeah. There's oh, no looks like Rado and his little balloons uh, duking it out. What? He's still around. Rado can't win this. Come on, folks. Take Rado Richard down. There you this. go. Let's go. Stabby, Let's stabby. Go. Oh. Uh-oh. I'm never... I'm still holding on to my 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 glory that where I, I almost <laughs> won. The first show the first I was time, in, yep. I almost won. <laughs> wow. Come on, B. Travis. Go get him. He's running away. Boom, 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 boom. Stabby, stabby. I kind of, I, I feel like I might have jumped out there, but now I'm back. Oh, okay. You're good. I think I'm good. And the winner, oh my gosh. Folks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Really? We, we can't do that. Boo. Everybody in chat. Boo. All right. We're, we're doing another Get one. out of here. Yeah. We, we can't have Richard win that. Come on. Battle Royale <laughs> number two. Immediately yeah, right back to rigged. it. Yeah. Totally rigged, Bonds. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. <laughs> we can't let that happen rigged. on this channel. Boom. Here we I, go. Whenever, whenever I'm playing Dutch Blitz, uh, no matter what comes up for the other people and their cards, I just uh, say, oh, rigged. Go on. <laughs> rigged. And they're like, it's a nine and an eight and a six. How's this rigged? I've got like oh, two ones and a two. I'm like, oh, you freaking rig your deck over there. It's just so it's rigged. Uh, it's 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 one of my favorite 
things to because it gets under so many people's skin too nice <laughs> if you're playing a game it's like okay yeah well you're rigged, rigged. so <laughs> you just have a, as a throwaway line people get so mad like i get so mad if people are actually legitimately thinking yeah, that about yeah. me i know i get so mad so that's I why love I it. people okay is richard still there no, so, okay no sir Bearsworth lo- looks like he ran through all of us oh Very he well did done. okay this time rich is not gonna win yay so we got the biggie the embiggen one okay okay You've learned something from your practice round. Yes. Nice. Let's go. I see. Oh, good I'm, luck. I'm, I'm rooting for the let's David versus Goliath. It's Goliath who's going to win. Oh no! No, no it is David, David who is going to again. win. <laughs> nice. GG Felfan. Congrats, Felfan. Well done. Uh, you a guys, much better Victor. <laughs> yeah, a much yeah. better Victor. And you're all regenerated back to hanging out. So we're gonna get this uh, party started. Thank you again for hanging out, folks. Um, let me make sure I'm gonna. I need to go to. Let, let's see. So we got our intro screen there. Uh, no sponsor this time. Then we go over here, and then where is the text banner? Why is the text banner not showing up? That's not a good thing. Um, oh, maybe let's practice this. So does it say people are just gonna have to use their ears? Yeah. Okay. There. So there's number fifteen. So. 15 Monopoly. Um, yeah, Monopoly, uh, the Gloomhaven right. edition. Um, <laughs> the Gloomhaven Monopoly. <laughs> uh, I think at? Gloomhaven, wouldn't that be the most bananas thing if there was a Gloomhaven Monopoly? Imagine it was that. just Monopoly skinned as Gloomhaven. Like, oh my gosh. I'm just I'm just picturing the the riots that would happen in the street <laughs> of like, of like wh- why would it ever happen? Right. What, well, oh. And what yeah, in what um, timeline would Gloomhaven Monopoly exist? Yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't imagine it's a good one. Yeah, I think we just came up with the perfect April Fool's joke. So <laughs> next year, Gloomhaven Monopoly. Next year, it's going to happen. Monopoly. I think okay. that's pretty good. Uh, so that screen is set up. This screen. Hey, that's the screen I need to fix. Okay, so you I'll got do this. you all folks get to yeah. There, that's Chris. Everything's <laughs> fine now. Oh wait, where'd he go? There. Okay. You get to see the uh, sausage, uh, making the sausage. There's Chris. Yay. Um, I can put you over here a little more. Let me uh, fix this. Whoop. I mean, if you need, I'll just do this every, every time. Now, I want you to be comfortable, Chris. I want to, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's bring this over here. Boom, boom, boom. Yay. Okay. Um, that looks okay. Volume uh, looks okay. And then we have is it this one. Okay. Here's the story of a lovely lady on the RNR shelf. Okay. <laughs> All right, Chris, you ready to rock and roll here, my friend? <laughs> let's let's get this list going. Okay. Let's cool. do it. All right. Let's make it happen let's make it happen okay folks if we get raided or anything just uh let the uh, raiders know that we're recording and uh, we'll hang out on, on the post show with y'all thank you so much for joining us let's get going hey everybody thanks for joining us for the r and r and r show my name is ruel gaviola joined by my co-host chris george um chris how's it going my friend it's fantastic to be here. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled to be here with you, Roel. You yes. brighten my day every time I see you. And I'm very excited about our list today. 
Yes, I think it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great, great one. And folks, the third R of the R&R show is going to be the R&R and R show is going to be joining us in just a minute. Uh, Richard is going to join us via the magic of video. So stick around. Got a fantastic list today. These are going to be our top 15 games that BGG got wrong. Chris, you want to mm-hmm. kick things off, my friend? Yeah, these are the top 15 games that should be in the BGG top 10. That's how I've been looking at it. Yeah, same here. This is <laughs> all that, 15 all are going right in the top 10. Yeah. Um and, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this list because I think I think BGG is a tough one. This is the reason why I'm happy that Gloomhaven is no longer in the number one spot yep. because I know so many at least this is how I approached this, how I, how I was trying to make my my selection. Um, it was that so many people, uh, so many people that I know who aren't like huge board gamers, but who I've introduced into the hobby have been like, okay, oh yeah, I like this board game thing. I'm going to go to this board game geek and I'm going to get the number one game. And if you do that after progressing from like, oh yeah, here's, here's code names. And now here's Gloomhaven. (laughs) It's just such a, it's such a wild departure. Right. And I, and I think. Um, I also think that in Board Game Geek, we we kind of know this as board gamers who are interested in the hobby, that the the ratings, they tend to skew on the more complex side, right? People yeah. who like complexity really like complexity and then rate it as such. And so for me, I was really trying to capture um, games that can that, that go over a, a wide scope of things. So mm-hmm. like Catan, it's not it's not on my list, but it was an uh, honorable mention. Honestly, I contemplated putting it on the list because of its sort of impact in the hobby, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it, 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 it had such a huge impact on me personally. Yep. And so that's like the honorable mention almost. Oh, yeah. I snuck yeah. in an extra one. Nice. I love it. That's that's how we roll yeah. here on the, uh, the R&R and R show, folks. You know, Chris, I'm glad you brought, uh, you know, your criteria yeah. because I approached it yeah. pretty much the same way. Um, you know, we all know as, you know, hardcore gamers that BGG does skew towards the heavier end of things. And mm-hmm. while I appreciate that, and I got to say, I, I do love that number one now is Brass Birmingham. That, that's one yeah. of my favorite games. But, you know, I approach it like, you know, there's games that I feel like should be in the top 10 that are a little more accessible for like folks that you were talking about that, hey, we're into board games now. Let's go get the mm-hmm. number one game. And rather than like, oh, I've got Gloomhaven now and I've got something new for the le- next five years of my life. Let's get something that can get to the table quickly, a little more quickly. Yeah. And I, I feel like deserves a spot in the in that top 10. So, yeah. Glad so you brought that I'm going to break... I'm yes. going to break all of that criteria with my number five. <laughs> and, no, it's all, already uh, getting, going off the, the rails here. I love it. I, well, well, because, well, it, it, it might have been Catan, but then I, I also wanted to just talk about a game that I, I really enjoy. So that's why it's in my number five. Okay. You know, this is in my own personal top ten, which I'm going to, you know, have come out on my channel very soon. Yes. In the next couple of weeks, I'm doing my top 20 uh, to celebrate hitting 10K. But, um. I I wanted to include this on here because I like it so much and because I also feel it can sort of embody a, a certain crowd. So my number 15 starting us off is going to be Rising Sun. Ooh. And, and, and so this is also, it's it's ranked number 11 on BoardGameGeek. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, 111. Um, but I, th- this also made us on what onto the list because of the topic of what BGG got wrong. And it, it at least deserves a spot in the top 100. I think it's it's so yeah. offensive to me that it isn't in that top 100. And so because of that, I'm shooting it up to the top 10. Nice. Um, 
So uh, it, it yeah, talk about Rising yeah. Sun. Like I've I've played this a couple of times. Um, I think people would say this seems pretty heavy. We were just talking it about is, how we're going a little wider heavy. now, but go ahead. It Chris. is it is pretty heavy. It is pretty heavy. <laughs> I know. And there's another one on my list that like it is pretty heavy as well. Yeah. But there's at least some other ones that aren't. Uh, the the reason why I think Rising Sun deserves to be a little bit higher and also could be a contender for this sort of top ten area is because it represents that uh, evolution of the area control genre, right? It, yeah. it represents something that the risk crowd could even sink their teeth into and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was thinking about when I added it to the list. Uh, the fact that it, it's, this, it's this awesome area control game that gets people talking. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you have this whole negotiation aspect of creating formal alliances with people. It has the follow mechanic as well, which is a, such a lovely mechanic. We were talking a little in the yes. pre-show about it. Earth having that follow mechanic as well, right? And it get, keeps people involved. There's so much focus on communication and what I refer to as like above the table interaction mm -hmm. that uh, I, I personally seek out in a lot of my games. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, Eric Lang is just such a, a, a fantastic designer at what he does. And th this is no difference. This to me is sort of his pinnacle. Uh, I love this game so much. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I wanted to put it, put it in here because it, it, if it scratches, it almost scratches that, it, it almost represents sort of my evolution as Catan, as a Catan gamer, as sort of like a Catan nice. gateway gamer because of yeah. that conversation that happens around the table, because of working together with people. You're yeah. trading things in Catan, but here you're saying, okay, uh, shall I give you some coins? Shall we work together to fight this battle, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's all, all these things that happen. And then area control is such a sort of dominant space in gaming right and so rather than throwing somebody into like a huge war game i mean this is still pretty complicated but it, yeah. but in essence it's fairly simple you there have only five actions you pick one you do it everybody does the thing right yeah. for strength it's everybody compares their strength you count it up it's it's there's a lot of things there's a lot of moving parts but it's it's not too complex at its core so that's that's why rising sun is uh our number 15 uh, but I wanted to put it, you know, lower, right? Because I didn't want to let my own personal, uh, like, bias make it scoot up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but totally but I, so it's so it exists here as sort of my shout out. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's Fantastic why that's why I can break the rules. Oh, oh totally, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I I love the choice. I'm a big Eric Lang fan as, as well, uh, Chris. And you know, for I, I love how you compared. It was your evolution from Catan to you know Rising Sun. I, I can totally mm -hmm. see that line, right? You start with Catan, very interactive game. There is negotiation, yeah. you know, uh, very you know, and that's where you start, and you end up with Rising Sun, which is a, a, a much heavier game. But at its core, it's still about that interaction with the other players. So fantastic choice by a fantastic, fantastic designer. Um, yeah. Cool. Why don't we go on to our number 14? This is uh, my contribution to the list. Yeah. And we're talking about great designers. You know, folks, um, you knew I was going to have this on here. Samurai from my favorite designer, Reiner Knizia. Um, this is a masterpiece of a game. Uh, this is also uh, got a little area control to it. It's more abstract, but the, the theme is, you know, you are in uh, old school feudal Japan and trying to take over the different uh, areas on the map here. This is from my run through with my wife, Michelle, um, on my Twitch channel. We live stream this. It's a, it scales from a two to four player game. I think it really does it well, too, uh, where you just basically 
expand the map for more players and you get more uh, pieces. But what you're doing, you're fighting over control over three different things. You have religion, military, and I think it's farming. And you're mm. just, it's tile placement. You're just, you have behind your screen, you've randomly chosen five tiles from your little, you know, supply. Every player has the same tiles, but they come out at different points of the game, depending on what you um, draw. And you're going to take those tiles and place them down on the map. And as you surround the pieces, you look at it and whoever has more control, the higher number, total number, will win that piece. And you put that behind your screen so you don't really know who's got what, but you sort of have an idea. And as the game progresses, you go until one of the um, three uh, pieces is uh, all gone. And then you reveal your screen. Like whoever has the most of the two of the three items wins the game. It is so streamlined, and yet the strategy behind it is so brilliant, Chris. I just taught you the game in two minutes, and yet this yeah. game has so much replayability. Just like all the classics from Reiner Knizia, I'm always hyped about his games because he gives you like two or three pages of rule book, or rules, and you're ready to play, and the strategy and the depth comes through the gameplay. I don't have to sit there for 45 minutes reading a rule book. I don't have to go to BGG. I don't have to watch YouTube videos. I can get the game from the rule book and then get it to the table. And boy, oh boy, this is my all-time favorite. As you can see in the video, even the, the bear puppet enjoys the game uh, Samurai. So <laughs> that's the silliness that we get on our channel, folks. Um, come in and uh, tune in sometime. But Samurai, absolute brilliant game. I love it to pieces. And uh, that's why it's our number 14 on the list of uh, games that BGG got wrong. This needs to be in the top 10 for me, um, for sure. So have yeah. you played this one, Chris? I have, yeah. My friend of mine has Samurai, uh, mm -hmm. so I've played it at his house. I remember really enjoying it. I think Reiner Knizia is just such a fantastic designer. Uh, I just finished, I did an interview with him just recently, actually yesterday. Uh, no! Yeah, uh, for <laughs> it's going to be over on World Series of Board Gaming's YouTube channel, I believe. Um, oh, man. And it, it was awesome talking to him and like just talking to him i was like man this this guy is so brilliant he's got like he's got he's got 50 drawers and he's got a game in each drawer and he's like okay and then in pandemic i got 50 more drawers so he's got like 100 <laughs> games on the go that he's constantly working on he's oh made over gosh. like 700 games it's just fan it was so fantastic Amazing. talking to him i'm excited to edit it and put it out but uh, yeah he did oh. he his games definitely deserve to be on the list because yeah such a prolific one of maybe one of the most prolific designers in our space agreed if you yeah. you know what i mean like he's yep. just had such a huge impact yep. and so many cool games yeah agreed so great agreed. choice yeah i had to put at least one of his games on here and i, I went mm -hmm. with my personal favorite samurai but you know case can be made for you know tigers euphrates uh raw yeah. and uh, yeah. uh modern art so many uh we're not going to go there we're just going to stick with the one uh number 14 samurai let's see what richard's got uh for us for number 13 friends here we go let's all right richard take it away Hey, everybody. Hey, Ruel. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I can't wait to see this episode because it's actually pretty late right now. My wife and I just got home a little while ago and I realized I got to get these videos filmed because when you're live streaming tomorrow, uh, Jen and I are going to be knee deep in trying to rebuild our lives after having uh, taken almost two months off for an epic RV road tour of the... Uh, Southwest of the United States. We had a great time, and I think this is a great topic. I cannot wait to see what you two have come up with. But uh, number 14, number 15, I'm sure those were lovely, but even better, even more deserving is number 13 on the list, A Feast for Odin. And I have to admit, when I first heard this is the topic we're going to do and made sense to me is a really good one, 
I have strong feelings about everything on this list, but um, my first thought, literally the first game that popped in my head was, well, of course, Agricola. It used to be number one on Board Game Geek. It'd been in the top 10 forever, and now I think it's below 50, which is crazy. But the more I thought about it, while Agricola, you know, that ode to... Um, medieval-era subsistence farming is my personal favorite of all of Uwe's designs, I do think Feast for Odin is probably the best. And it is the epitome of what the man has done. Um, you know, bringing in uh, Euro-style goods harvesting and conversion into points via all kinds of interesting and wonderful worker placement mechanisms. The worker placement in this game is fantastic. You have a big bunch of Vikings and do you send out big groups of them to the big actions or you try to um, uh, you know, uh, you know, save them and do a lot more variety with the smaller actions, but what really makes this game hum, what really makes it special, is the polyomino tile laying, uh, which is absolutely fantastic too. Now, for me... Honestly, Feast for Odin needs the Norwegian expansion to really sing and take care of my problems I had with some of the randomness with card draws and stuff like that. But even without Norwegians, this game deserves, deserves, I demand it make its way into the BGG Top 10. Um, I think it's somewhere in the 20s right now, which isn't bad, but it's, it's a crime. This game is absolutely amazing. Number 13 on the list of Feast for Odin. Okay. Wow. Nice. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Good. I, I have a great choice. I don't know why this still says uh, Samurai on there, but yeah, number 13, Peace for Odin. I'm going to yeah. tell you this, Chris. I, I have a confession. I'm mean, This is confession time here on the R&R &R &R show. I might have the same confession for you, Ruel. I have not played Peace for Odin. Me neither. Oh my God. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know one of my closest friends has it too, and, and I just haven't gotten it to the table. Yeah. I, um, I have friends in my game group rave about this game. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, gotten, I've gotten close to, uh, to playing it twice. I've been at game night a couple of years ago. It was there. I just missed out on the opportunity to play it. But uh, just watching videos and other uh, people play it, either on Twitch or YouTube, I mean, I know this is my jam. I love Uwe Rosenberg games, and this is yeah. the big beast, and this one should, uh, from all I've seen, it should be up uh, high up on the list. Um, so I have no qualms with this uh, being on one of the games that BGG got wrong. Yeah, yeah. With with Richard saying his first gut was Agricola, that that was on my short list as well. Yeah, uh, Agricola, I almost put on, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe it would be harder to argue. Maybe it's had its time in the sun so much, mm -hmm. you know. So like maybe it could it could drop below. But uh, yeah, I've heard great things about Feast for Odin. Great yeah. choice. Okay, cool. So we've got homework, Chris. We need to play Feast for Odin. We got homework. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to our number twelve. Back to you, Chris. Uh all right, well, my number 12 comes from uh, one of the most prolific designers out there, uh, somebody who I think deserves to be reflected into the top 10. And, uh, of course, that is Reiner Knizia. <laughs> and uh, and we are going to talk about it. We're I talking it. about Raw. Nice. <laughs> I had to keep a straight face when you were saying that earlier. You're like, well, you know, also Tigers and Euphrates, Modern Art, Raw. I was like, hmm. Oh, that does sound like it would be a good choice. Because, oh, that's so um, perfect. That's, oh, my gosh. That's my pick that's upcoming. Uh, <laughs> well, tell me, let's talk about why this should be on the list as well, Chris. I, yeah, I totally agree so, with you, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I, it, it's definitely impacted by that interview that I just did with, with Reiner Knizia. I was mm -hmm. like, he has to be represented here. He just has to be. The way he yeah. thinks about games is so cool. Uh, my, my respect for him is just shot through the roof. I always knew I liked him because I like mathematics. 
uh, and, I, and he comes from sort of a mathematic background, but he was also yeah. talking about just, no, I come from like a theme background. And what I, what I absolutely loved about our conversation was him saying that he, he designs games because he wants them to be accessible. He wants that mm-hmm. like two page rule book, you know, he yep. wants it. He doesn't it, going in the mathematics background. He doesn't want to have to write a huge paper. That's only for people who are in the know, right. That's only so complicated that, that, only the the most analytical of people can pick it up. Yep. You know, he wants to get a game that people can get to the table and focusing on that fun factor. And I, and I love that dichotomy between the two. And so even though my personal favorite of his designs is Tigris and Euphrates, I opted for Raw because I played this the other day and with, with a couple friends, one who's like not a huge board gamer, one who I play a lot of stuff with. And the one who, who wasn't a huge board gamer just fell in love with it absolutely mm. fell in love with it nice. he had so much fun and like we all had we all had a great time it, it it was it was an awesome time it was an awesome game there's something so beautiful about the tension of this auction mechanic where you're you're trying to get tiles that are in the center and you're bidding your own sundials yes. and you want to hold on to your sundials so you can bid them at a later date but then the timer right might run out and auctions might be triggered too much. And you have to make a choice of, do I push this in now or don't I? And then my friend caught on to that. I was trying to wait for a big windfall. And so he just started declaring an auction every time. And I was like, stop doing that. He's like, I'm not doing it. Don't you want? I'm like, just let the pool build up. He's like, I'm not going to let the pool build up. I'm going to get like three, three tiles. That's fine. I'll take the three tiles. And then we're almost near the end of like, the the raw whenever a raw tile is drawn the little you know the the tracker moves on and if too many raw tiles are drawn it, the the epoch ends and it's just done and so like i wanted to to extend it and push my luck and he's like no raw and i was like oh, i don't want to it's like i need that i want more and so i was like you've caught on to the strategy and i am very annoyed by this uh, <laughs> but the fact that like it provides such an 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 incredible depth of play so accessible um it's it's just it's just a fantastic design that i hadn't played that i'd never played because it was out of print and now it's finally come back in print uh, mm-hmm. i i got a copy through through working through the world series of board gaming to 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 run some events with it and it's just like so good yeah. that it, it's it shot up there and, and and so I picked this as as the Ryan as my own Reiner Knizia reflection nice. into the top ten, yeah. um, because of how accessible it is, and because of that experience that I had with my friend of getting this to the table. Uh, I've, I feel like I've just been talking about, about raw in a bunch of different avenues for a long time mm-hmm. because it's for me it's like it's it's the new hotness. Yeah, and and I'm just yeah I, I think it's so cool and. And then that's why I picked it over Tigers and Euphrates. Tigers and Euphrates is re- I love. I love it more than Raw because I feel it's more tactical. But yeah. I, again, I have the tactical aspect with Rising Sun. And so I didn't want to have like two tactical games on with through my selections. Right. Uh, I wanted to kind of capture the broader, the broader sphere. And so that's that's why I, I also opted for Raw as well. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, obviously I was just talking about, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, samurai. <laughs> this easily could have made uh, made my list, and actually, it did yeah. make my list. You know, we we come up with more than five games each, folks. We yeah. you know put together a big long list, and this was just outside of it uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. It's a yeah. game that it's it's intuitive, right? Like 
like your friend after you know the yeah. first time playing it he figured it out as the game was going along and i love games yeah. like that and then yeah. you know you can you really feel like hey everyone knows how to play this game it's not like the experienced player is just crushing everyone no you can really you can pick it up and that's what uh Kinesia's games do that a lot there's a lot of games like that where it's mm-hmm. through the gameplay through it, strategies emerge and you, like you realize oh i should probably do this but wait i can also do this and there's that tension you know like do I push my luck here or do I just collect things and, you know, call the auction now? Yeah. Oh, I, I love this game so much. And yeah. Oh man, I, I need to play this more. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to the new edition that you'd mentioned uh, through 25th century games with it's the, gorgeous. Know, yeah. It is beautiful. Oh yeah. But yeah. And great, the re- like great. they had a deluxe and they had a retail. The retail is a great price too. You know, oh really? Oh, like, okay. I, I totally forgot about yeah. that. Um, it's like sub. It's like forty bucks or something like that. that like, that's a bargain for and this it's, game. The, the yeah. whole it's so like the cardboard is so chunky and nice. Yeah. The wood is so nice in it. It's an incredible production. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Great call. Let's move on to our number eleven. Uh, this time I'm up to bat, and hey, I'm up to bat because my number, our number eleven is Baseball Highlights 2045. One of my all-time favorite deck building games, Chris. I, I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I'm a deck building fan. You give me the best of both worlds. I'm going to show my solo video here that I did on my channel. Cool. Oh man, this is such a great, great game. This is Mike Fitzgerald. He's done a lot of games. He's done the Mystery Rummy series. He's done this, a bunch of other games. He's a well-known designer. But to me, this is his, you know, his greatest game of all time. Uh, what you're doing is you're managing a baseball team. Uh, you're playing form. Uh, you're playing mini games of baseball, and what that means is each game you're going to draw six cards out of your deck, and that's going to represent an entire baseball game. And the way they captured it, it's brilliant. It really does feel like a baseball game, but it also has that deck building. So you have players, and as you play a card, your opponent can play a card against you. So there's a lot of back and forth. Like, hey. I'm going to threaten hitting a single here. Then my opponent plays, nope, you're out automatically. It's like, oh, darn, there goes that. But then I play another card like, hey, I'm going to threaten a single and a home run. Then my opponent maybe can take away one hit but can't take away the other. Then there's base stealing. There's a pitch. There's so much. They did such a fantastic job of capturing the spirit of baseball. And the best thing, Chris, about this is that, oh, uh, let me, I don't know why this video, my, my video, I do all kinds of wacky things like drink water on the screen. Um... The best thing about this game, Chris, is that even if you're not a fan of baseball, you can still enjoy this game. My One of my best gaming buddies, Daryl, is not a baseball fan. He he loves this game just as much as I do. It's a really it's a one on one game of battle wits, and um, there's a lot of meta gaming as well that that can happen. I, I love that you can tailor your team uh, a specific way. So this is the future of baseball. You have humans like us, robots, uh, which are pure robots, and then cyborgs, which are humans with like a mechanical arm or leg or whatever. They all have different strengths and weaknesses on the baseball field, and you can tailor your team uh, by that uh, towards whatever you want. Uh, After each minigame, you have a draft where you're going to get cards into your deck by purchasing them, and then you you trash cards, and that's called sending them down to the miners, so they go off your team. Oh man, I people know how much I love this game. It is brilliant. It's if I had to pick one deck builder, it, this may be it, folks. Um, it, it is wow. so so good. I absolutely love it. That's why it's our number eleven baseball highlights twenty forty five. Wow, good shout out. I mean, I I've never played it honestly. I don't even know if I've heard of it until. Oh, right okay, now. yeah. It's sort of. Um, I mean, I think it, it's it sort of had its heyday a couple of years ago, and it's sort of flown off mm-hmm. people's radars, but. Chris, I would highly recommend. I would totally play this. Are you a baseball fan, first of all? Um, 
I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not an anti fan. Okay. But I wouldn't say like I'm a huge, I've, I've been to a few games. I've, okay. I enjoy watching some games. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think, you know, you would enjoy this, you know, mainly because the, the, just the strategy of like yeah. what cards do you want to bring in now versus what cards do you want to play later. Um, a lot of strategy to it. And cool. it, it's again, a really, really, if you know deck building, you know how to play this game, but it's yeah, got yeah. enough different things going on. And actually the gameplay itself. Oh, it's so sharp. So smart. Cool. I could honestly, I could talk about this forever on this show. I could also talk about the Dodgers. Go Dodgers! Uh, but we're not going to do that. We're going to move on to Richard, uh, who's got our number ten game. All right, all right, all right. Uh, still can't wait to see what you two are coming up with. I'm sure I will have thoughts. But let's move on to number ten on the list, Twa. Which honestly, I can't believe hasn't even made it into the Board Game Geek Top 100. Oh, you know, it should be in the top 10. Well, this is a great travesty. Um, and why? Well, first of all, let me say thanks to Man vs. Meeple and Jeremy Salinas. I just decided to bust out my video of Twa. is so old and so janky, I just couldn't even look at it. And uh, I was thinking about, oh, remember when Jeremy was the cutting edge, the highest quality videos out there, the Dragon Strike uh, component reviews. I figured this would be a nice way to show it without all of my old shaky cam with an iPhone 4. Anyway, though, enough about that. Why does this game deserve to be in the top 10? What makes it special? Well, it was so far ahead of the curve um, in interaction and interplay between players in a Euro-style system. At its heart, this is about the French city of Troyes, which needs to be rebuilt after all kinds of hardships, but the hardships keep hitting us throughout the game. And that's one of the glues that holds us all together. Our one, our main source of points could be from helping stop the spread of plague or you know push back invaders or whatnot. And every round, there's going to be one player who steps up to the plate and it's their responsibility to solve the problem. And if they don't, then everybody else jumps on board and the interaction there is fun. But really, the core of the interaction comes from the dice. Everybody has their own meeples that they've spread to the three different districts of the city. And that determines at the beginning of a round what kind of dice you are going to have available to you. You grab your dice, you roll them up, and you think, oh, I'll get to use these dice. No. Those dice don't belong to you. Those are the citizens of this town. Yes, they can work for you. They like you. They'll even work for free for you. But they'll work for anybody. And the drafting of this game comes from the fact that on your turn, you might see uh, my little group of three reds, and you think, oh, those are perfect. You pay me, um, because I got this work group together, but then you pay me so that they will work for you instead, and suddenly you're using my dice. A lot of people think that the game is um, you know, kind of cutthroat in that regard, but it's never really felt that way to me. I don't think of these as my dice. I think of these as just the people that live in the city. And yeah, I could. they'll work for me without me having to spend money, but they'll work for anybody. And I look around all the dice on the board as belonging. Some are free, some uh, cost money to use. And the core gameplay is so much variety, because every time you play, you're going to have... Was it nine different buildings uh, that will get slowly revealed over the course of the game that give you access to all kinds of really cool, interesting powers, depending on how you personally are going to deploy your workers and deploy your dice to try to help Twa get back on its feet. Uh, this game's design is so brilliant from Pearl Games, um, which you know is sadly no longer with us. Hopefully Dujardin, Orban, and Georges will get back together. Uh, but yeah, uh, this game is such a huge milestone. It brings so many cool, interesting design features and to date, it really has not been eclipsed by any game. And there have been plenty of other games that have tried to do. Um, it's unique 
unique blend of, of workers and dice drafting. I absolutely love it, but more than that, I think it deserves a place in the top 10 of Board Game Geek. Toi. Yeah, I I figured this was going to be on the list. I, I think it's yeah. a brilliant game, and I know how much Richard uh, enjoyed this game. So uh, no surprise here. Twa, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic dice placement, uh, dice worker placement game. Um, Chris, any experience with this one? No, I've only seen the cover. And for me, I'm like, I know I will like this game yeah. from the cover. And that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a weird thing to say because it's not an enticing cover whatsoever. Not at all. But I'm like... I'm like, oh yeah, I know what type of game this is going to be, and I know that I'm going to love it when yeah. I get it when I eventually play. <laughs> nice, yeah, it does have that old school like you know, this is a Euro game, you know. It's this just, is a Euro, that's yeah, what it's telling Euro. me, and I'm yeah. like, yes, I like Euros. Please give me more. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, I think it's brilliant. Um, I know it has a solo mode. I have not, and I love solo games, so I need to. Mm. So, I mean, I need to bring my copy out of uh, storage here and play, but. I've always loved it, uh, multiplayer. I, I think it's just so, so good. I know you're going to like it. I mean, just based on yeah. the cover, of course, but yeah, the gameplay, super, super sharp. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's continue. Uh, Chris, you've got the next one on the list. All right, our number nine, collective number nine. This one also breaks all my rules, but this is the last time I'm breaking all my rules, I swear. <laughs> and I'm only breaking these rules because I think this design is just so cool. It's so exciting to me. It's by a publisher that does these sort of chonky, complex games really well. And I think uh, this deserves to be in the top 10 because it, it, has, it has so much crunch to it in a way that I feel should be satisfying to anybody looking for that meaty, crunchy game, right? It, it's, uh, it takes place in, in time at many different places in time. Um, and sometimes that time is fractured. This is anachrony as our number nine. Nice. I I absolutely, I, I'm blown away by this game every time I play it. I think it's so slick. I love the worker placement aspect to it. I love that you have to get these additional things to go out onto the main board. I love that you have variable worker powers that you can put out, you know, your your mechanics do something a little bit better than your recruiting firm does. And your geniuses can do anything and they get the bonus in anywhere. Uh, and the fact you're building up your own little sideboard of, of worker spots that are only for you and chaining your engine together with variable player powers with the loan mechanic. This is one of the only two games that I feel employs the loan mechanic in a way that I find interesting. The other game being in the top 10, number one, Brass Birmingham. Um, and so I just think this design is absolutely elegant. And I love having a game where even as somebody who, you know, I like complex games. I like crunchy euros. I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of understanding. I mean, like of truly understanding deep decision-making spaces in this game, because it's, it's just, everything just works so well together. Uh, I, I, I've only played base game as well. I, I have a larger edition with some different modules and I haven't found the need to play them, play with them yet because the base game has just been so satisfying to me. So yeah. Anachrony, I, I debated because I'm like, okay, well, this is very complex. This is my <laughs> mind clash and they do complex games. So I am breaking my sort of rules, but I, I feel this kind of hits in that same realm of, 
I think I think Terraforming Mars deserves to be in the top 10, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that is like a wonderful representation of board gaming in terms of like what board gaming can accomplish. Similar, mm -hmm. honestly, similar to Arc Nova, but I would say Terraforming Mars more in terms of what, what it's like kind of established. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel Anachrony also has that potential in it. And yeah. so that's that's the reason why I decided to break all my rules because I just think it the design is just so so exciting it, it's 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 elegant in a way that is this constant swirl i feel like i'm swirling when i'm thinking about the inner yes. workings of it and, nice. and 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 that just makes me excited so yeah that's right that's why oh. it's in there i i need to experience the swirling because as much as i love sci-fi <laughs> games and this game this totally falls in my wheelhouse i have not played this chris and it's killing me because oh. We'll Everyone knows that this would be my jam. I just feel like it would be. Yeah. Oh, I, so yeah, it's on the list for a reason, and um, I yeah. can't wait to give it a shot. The, this looks fantastic. Um, swirling. I'm all about the swirling games. So we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> all about that, that swirl. It is all about that swirl. Uh, let's move on to our number eight. Great choice, Chris. Um, this one is my contribution to the list. Uh, our number eight. You just talked about terraforming Mars, and mm -hmm. um, I always had terraforming Mars in my top personal top ten. Until recently, um, this changed my mind completely on Terraform Mars. It's Terraform Mars Ares Expedition. This one needs cool. to be in the top 10 because it is the better version of Terraform Mars. And I say that be, um, with a lot of love for the original Terraform Mars. Uh, one of my, I, I play that game a ton, but Ares Expedition does everything that Terraform Mars does, but better and quicker. And it adds a race for the galaxy element to it. Uh, as far as, you know, action selection. Right. I, I mean, I, I love it so much. Uh, let me get, um, Richard, I believe. Yeah. He has a run through here. Let's show, uh, show so the people some action shots here of uh, the game being played. Um, board is smaller. Uh, the, it's still, if you don't have the deluxe edition, it still has a problem. The cubes getting knocked over, but, you know, you could use a little, um, you know, uh, it's the silly putty stuff, the the stuff that Richard recommends where, you know, you can uh, stick the cubes on there, which is fine. But, oh my gosh, I love what they did with this game. It's, again, it's quicker. It still has everything you want love about Terraform Mars. It does take away some of the tile lane uh, aspect to it. But overall, it's pretty much the same game. But you're going to, instead of playing two, three hours, you're going to play in 45 minutes to an hour, uh, no matter what player count. Uh, there's another one that I have that I've been dying to try it solo. Again, big solo game uh, fan here. And this one has a solo mode that's really easy to set up. But, you know, even just uh, for me, okay, I love the gameplay of Terraform Mars, but the, the artwork of the original Terraform Mars, I'm not the biggest fan. And they actually updated it here, and it's great. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the choices they made here. It's, it doesn't have those random, like, stock photos, you know. Um, but overall, I mean, the game, if you know Terraform Mars, you know, it's an engine-building game, uh, card-driven. You still have the big old stack of cards here, like the original. But again, everything's been streamlined down to a more, I think, a more accessible package. And that's why it's our number eight, Terraform Mars Ares Expedition. Uh, Chris... Nice. I believe you're. Uh, you played this game, haven't you? Or no, I haven't. Oh. I, I I'm getting it soon. I think. Okay. I, I feel like I'm. I I feel like it's. It might be on its way to me right now. I feel. Okay. And, and I'm excited because I I I didn't feel that the impulse to purchase it or yeah. to play it 
because I enjoy Race for the Galaxy and I enjoy Terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't need Race for a Galaxy with a board. I can I can just play Terraforming Mars. But yeah. all the people who have talked about it has made me really interested. Have you played any of the expansions? Because I feel like those are just fulfilling around now. Yeah, those um, I have not been able to play the expansions. You know, no one yeah. uh, that I know has gotten them in. I didn't order them, but um, they are on, cool. on the list. I mean. More stuff. I'm, you don't I'm need to. Yeah. You don't need to. They make it into top 10 without them. And I think exactly. I think that's important to know, right? Yeah. Like, Terraform oh, totally. Mars, everyone says you need Prelude. This one, you don't need any expansion. You don't need a Prelude, hey, yeah. So Kick Terraforming forming Mars out of there. Yep. <laughs> Ares nice. Expedition is in. Ares Expedition, folks. There it is, our number eight. Let's see what Richard's got in store for number seven. Okay, okay, okay. The game's getting better and better, I think, anyway. So let's talk about number seven, Glory to Rome. Honestly, I felt kind of bad even putting this one on the list because chances are, if you don't have a copy right now, you're never going to be able to get a copy unless you want to pay exorbitant prices because the uh, rights holder for this game has pretty much sworn that he will never let anybody reprint this game, even though pretty much every publisher in the industry would line up around the block for a chance to make a lavish deluxe reprint version of this and and make, I don't even know how many bajillions of dollars if they were to crowdfund it today. But nope. For some reason, the uh, whoever owns the rights, I forget. I've read about the story in the past. Is I know no one will ever see this game again, and it's such a shame because it's so good. There are a bunch of really amazing card games that I could talk about that deserve being in the top ten. Like you know, Race for the Galaxy, Elysium, uh, maybe even Earth. Uh, you know, a more recent one, but uh, still. All of these games owe so much to Glory to Rome. Uh, it's certainly not the first game they introduced the idea of multi-use cards, but it so pushed it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much in this game that becomes the cornerstone and foundation for so many games that have come since then. Uh, in this game, we're trying to help rebuild uh, Rome after you know, I don't know, an earthquake or whatever it was, and um, we got a handful of cards, and these cards can be played as resources to rebuild. They can be played as actions we need to do, as has been so often repeated ever since uh, this game came out. Uh, this one has the idea of, hey, if I play a card to trigger you know, the architect action, everybody gets to do the architect action. But in this game, only if they've got their own architect ready to go. Uh, uh, so you really have to be paying attention to what other players are doing. Is there an architect coming quick, soon? Am I prepared for that? Uh, what do I have in my hand? Etc., etc. Um, there are so many interesting things about this game. Probably my personal favorite is the fact that as cards get consumed and used up, they go into a pit in the center of the table. So as I'm using cards and getting rid of them, I might be giving you exactly what you want if you go digging through that pile and uh, pulling out what's ideal. But probably the most important thing about this game, you know, Terraforming Mars and Arc Nova are getting all the heaps and praise these days, um, you know, and making it into the Board Game Geek Top 10 because the more anything else, they've got this gigantic stack of cards that are full of all kinds of interesting, unique, game-changing effects. And you're going to get unique play every time you play because of such a huge stack of cards. That's glory to Rome in a nutshell, and nobody does it better. The unique powers that are on these cards in glory to Rome make every session of this play out so differently. Uh, There's so much variety, so many smart mechanisms that 
again, to date, have never really been improved on. Uh, I love this game so much that even though it has a little bit of take that, um, because you can kind of go fish and uh, you know go uh, grab cards from other players, uh, I still love it. I'm so happy I've got my copy. Um, you know, I'll hold on to it till the day I die, and I absolutely love it. And my apologies to everybody else who you know maybe you'll get to play it at a convention. Maybe you've got a friend of a friend who has it. Seek it out if you can because it's so wonderful to play. Number seven, Glory to Rome. Yeah, this is on my bucket list of games to play because it's out of print. It will never come back to yeah. print because of all the drama and everything else. But I know it, it I, I just know it'd be great um, just watching all the gameplays and people talking about it. And I have friends that will swear by it. So uh, yeah. one of these days I'll play it. What about you, Chris? Uh, I know someone who has it. Oh. Uh, so I can play yes. it with them. I didn't know about all the drama in the reprint. I'm just like, that'll blow over. It'll come back. I'm calling <laughs> it right now. I'm going to call it right now. It's going to come back. This video is going to be the reason nice. why the glory to Rome. He's going to turn his, turn his mind, change his tune. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully one of these days. We'll see. But um, yeah, there's ways to, you know, it's on the secondary market for only a couple of hundred bucks, folks, US. So yeah, it's out there. You know, very reasonable for a, <laughs> a small box card game yeah. <laughs> that you should absolutely go out and spend $500 to get yeah. it. All right. Uh Chris, why don't we talk about a game that we can get? Hopefully, uh, you have one that's yep. uh, a little more easy to uh, track down the market. Uh, what do you got for number six? Well, number six is probably one of the most easy to track down, most easy on my list. Uh, it's very accessible. This is my go-to parents game. This is what I would recommend anyone get for their parents. And I think this game has blown up the industry. And and it is so surprising to me that I don't even know what what it's on, uh, what number it is. So I'll tell you what it is, and then we can find out together okay. what it is on BoardGameGeek. Uh, it's Azul. Oh, wow. Azul? Yeah. Azul, I think, deserves, absolutely deserves a spot in that BoardGameGeek top 10 in terms of the the accessibility factor. What's it at? 70? 70 overall. 70. Now, that's not that's not that bad. I was worried it wasn't yeah. in the top 100. Now, it is um, for abstract games. It's number two. So that's... That's a little better. And family games number <laughs> eight. Like I, I yeah. agree. Yeah, let, let's let's that's continue talking. That's a little better. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the fact like this goes back to my criteria. This this actually hits my criteria now in terms of Azul is this if this list were ambassadors for the board gaming hobby, Azul is up there as well. Azul, yes. there, there's something that is so accessible and satisfying for a huge variety of board gamers, whether you're new to the hobby, whether you're super intense and you want to screw each other over, doesn't matter. Azul's got you covered. And, and the fact that it, uh, a game like this can have such breadth and depth to it uh, is so exciting to me. That's, that's why, that's why I, I, I was like, yeah, this has to be yeah. number, my number two, our number six, um, it was it was a no brainer for me. I, yeah, Azul's great. I played it the I other agree. day with a, a three people who again aren't big board gamers. It was at like a little Easter brunch that my neighbor was having, yeah. and I I brought that specifically, and everyone was like, "Oh, that was so cool!" Like nice. they felt satisfied, they felt accomplished, they felt uh, great by the decisions that they'd made. Mm-hmm. They they could remember the moments where they're like, "Oh, I should have done this." It was yeah, it was just a, a slam dunk across the board. And I think yeah. it, when you're looking at the top ten games, I. I think it legitimately deserves to be to be up there because Agreed. of because of the profound impact that it can have. Yeah, I you know it's one of the games. It's 
that I have that I've introduced and played with players that it's probably one of the most, if not the most game that I hear later on, hey, I bought that game after we played. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it happens all the time. And I, I love that. It, it really is one of those games, like you were saying, it's an ambassador, right? Uh, it gets mm-hmm. people into it. Um, it's so... It's so pretty to look at and so unassuming. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, you just got little tiles here. You just place them in a little row, trying to get them. But then, like you're saying, as you, as you play, you can hose other people. You can say, oh, no, I'm yeah. picking this one. I'm leaving you those. Uh, so, oh, it's just, it's it's a brilliant design. It, it's a masterpiece, a modern ma- masterpiece. And I totally agree. It should be in the top 10. Great call. Yeah. Great yeah. call, Chris. Uh, let's move on to number five now. This one I think you'll appreciate, Chris, because we've talked about this designer before. It's not Reiner Kinesi. We, we're done with the Reiner Kinesi part of the show. <laughs> Tigers but... and Euphrates. Here we go. <laughs> Modern art. No. It's our number five. Uh, it's my contribution to the list. Eric Lang is one of my favorite designers as well. And I had to put Blood Rage on here. Uh, this game, to me, I, I love Rising Sun. I've not played Ankh yet. But to me, this is... Oh, that's um, Azul. Here's uh, Blood Rage from yeah. our friends at Shelfside. To me, this is Eric Lang's masterpiece. Um, there, this game—it's an epic Viking game. You can get no more epic than you know sending your opponents to Valhalla. But the thing that I love about this game, Chris, it is even more accessible than Rising Sun, right? Uh, yeah, this yeah, game, oh, absolutely. A, you know, I I do this progression with new players. I you always start with like Sushi Go card drafting. Next level, Seven Wonders or Seven Wonders uh, card drafting. The next, next level is Blood Rage, because this is a card drafting yeah. game. You're doing the card drafting. You're taking a card. You're passing them on your opponents. But here, now, it's all about troops on a map. You are using those cards to go onto the map, different um, sections of the map, trying to uh, take over them. You are gonna you have missions to complete. I mean, it is an epic game that plays. I've never played a game longer than 90 minutes, and I love that about it. Even with new players, I love that this yeah. game feels so epic. And it's so easy to teach, and it's so brilliant, and there's different strategies that you can use, and it just looks cool. You have all those awesome minis, you know, and I wish I was more of a mini painter, because I would paint my copy, but I just play my buddies' copies that they've gone all out painted their copies, so I use theirs. It's great. Um, And it's so, just everything about this game I love. Um, You know, shelf side... you're seeing the different cards that you can play. You can, you, you basically start with the same factions, but then you upgrade them and they become asymmetrical right and I, I think that's such a cool way to do it and one tip that i always tell players that are that may look at a little oh this is a little too much i say look at the different um characters loki or thor or odin get those cards together because they're going to automatically synergize you know and i think that's a really cool way that they did that to you know help players get into the game and you know i mean you don't have to but i think it's a nice way to like hey here's a strategy that i can use as a first timer but, oh my gosh, I've played this game so many times, all different player accounts, all different types of players, and it's always a hit. I love it so much. It's my personal favorite Eric Lang design. That's why it's our number five in our list, Blood Rage. Yeah, I mean, it's a good pick. If if I didn't want to do, like, the personal Rising Sun shout-out, I think Blood Rage is more accessible, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, as much as I love, I personally enjoy Rising Sun, I, I contemplated, I flirted with replacing it with Blood Rage. I'm glad I didn't, yeah. but... Uh, uh, be- because of all the factors that you said, it's yeah. it's it's just really really solid, really fun. It, it really is. It's it's a it's a masterpiece in my opinion. And let's move on to Richard and see what he's got for our number four game. Richard, take it away, my friend. Okay, the games keep getting better and more deserving, I think, 
Again, I gotta see what you guys come up with, but I don't think anybody can argue against number four on the list, The Castles of Burgundy, um, which currently sits in the teens, somewhere in the teens. So that's not too bad, Board Game Geek, but come on, we can do better. And I bet you when folks start getting their hands on the new special edition, so the game looks as good as it's always played, maybe it's going to push its way back to where it deserves in the top 10, as it, as it was for... Years, I think. But anyway, what is it? It's designer Stefan Feld's masterpiece. Again, another incredibly influential design. Um, it's hard. I want to say it's dice drafting, but not really. I mean, every turn I roll a couple of dice and I'm going to use those dice either to draft tiles from the main board or build those tiles at some point later after I previously drafted them. And, uh, and and a couple of little things as well, especially when you get the expansion. But anyway, no, we're just talking about the base game right now. Um, and it's just about perfection. You know, really solidified the idea of a tile layer where all these tiles are capable of such wildly different functions and so many different race elements trying to be the first to get all of a certain type of tile or just, you know, fill in different regions of your board. So much variety. Every time you play, you've got a different region, which is really going to push you towards different elements. And um, yeah, it's, it's tiling to the max. It's just... Is there anybody out there who hasn't played this game and thought, wow, this is so silky smooth. This is just, uh, you know, just perfection. I can't think of a better term for it. Uh, It's insane to me that it has somehow fallen out of the top 10. And I'm absolutely positive that, um, you know, given time when this new Super Deluxe Edition comes out, it probably will work its way back in. And uh, I'll be very, very happy about that. But in the meantime, number four has to be Steffenfeld's greatest in my personal top 10 of all time, The Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, that's... No, no surprise there. I know how much Richard loves <laughs> Stephen Bell, loves Castle Bernie. Fun fact, um, this was on my list as well. I, I think was this it? needs, yeah, it needs to be in the top 10. It, it's, uh, it is a masterpiece. Um, it was guaranteed not on my list because I think it is perfect where it is in that 20 to 11. Wow. <laughs> wow. 20 to 11. No, Chris. <laughs> I think it should just, it should fall just short. <laughs> Pouring a little no, salt on here. I love it. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think, I, th- I think it is great. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, it's it's an awesome it's an awesome game awesome yeah. design yeah it's 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 so good and you know I've been playing a lot of it actually lately on Board Game Arena which you can play for mm-hmm. free folks um yeah I play a lot of it great there place I, to play it yeah I I just I love that um it's so easy to get a game there and I I actually backed the super deluxe fancy version did you yeah because I I love the nice. game so much and I wanted to play it more on board game arena because it's been a while since i played so i was like i want to you know before i get the actual yeah. physical yeah. game i want to make sure i still remember it and it, it's still as good as i remember it so yeah good good stuff great call cool. and uh we're getting to the uh top of the top of the list here uh chris what top you got list? for us my we're friend? at number three already yes this is my personal number one this is our number three and i am i am really thrilled about this pick this is this is was my number one no question as soon as we figured out the topic of the list i was like boom we got wingspan and then i have to figure everything else out it's wingspan number three yes wingspan again it's wingspan sitting around i don't know 31 or 25 something like that but i i think wingspan has been so instrumental to the hobby and 
it's one of those games that I think hardcore gamers, quote unquote, get like fatigue over because non-hardcore gamers love it so much that they will always want to play it. Like my my girlfriend always wants to play Wingspan. Nice. And and I'm like, oh, well, can we play anything else? Uh, <laughs> right now she's like, no, Wingspan, I, cause I, because she loves it. But and then every time I play it, I go, well, yeah, this game, this design is so slick. It's like so it's so accessible but it also is perfect for a hardcore gamer as well and and i have a review over my channel room and board of the of of wingspan and, and all its content and and specifically with the thesis that it is not a gateway game i do not believe wingspan is a gateway game and i think right. it is pushed forward as a gateway game consistently and i and i think that is tough and so by it existing in the top 10 you know that there's still got a little bit of weight to it it's still something that you got to figure out, but it's something that people could pick up and get. And, and so it kind of threads that line of like uh, above a gateway game mm -hmm. to, to me. And, and it, there's, there's just where Azul hits with parents, Wingspan does not hit with my parents. <laughs> right. They find yeah. it confusing, right? Yeah. Like it's, and it's some, it's, it's part of the mechanics in it. Uh, but I just think there's nothing that has been more, um, sort of welcoming to to a bunch of people or has pulled more people in or could pull more people in than wingspan uh, and Agreed. and that's why i i think it deserves its spot in the top 10 i i think it, it is one of those sort of top 10 contenders that i think has only been pushed down because we favor that complexity and we favor that of those who are ranking favor that complexity and they'll rank wingspan like oh we'll rank, i'll put it a seven i'll put it an eight right yeah. And and so all of those kind of push it down, whereas they're like, oh, 10 out of 10, right? But I think Wingspan is, for so, so many people, like a 10 out of 10, 10s across yeah. the board, right? Agre and agreed. so, so yeah, the Wingspan was absolutely needed to be included. That's uh, why it is our number three. Yeah, great call. And fun fact, this one was on my list as well. It, it was uh, nice. one of the, I, it has to be, you know, for all the reasons you said, Chris, and yeah. it's a brilliant game. And I'm glad you brought up the whole gateway versus non-gateway. This is not mm -hmm. a gateway game. I agree. It's no. a gateway plus, um, yep. you know, it's definitely not a parent's game. And, you know, I think immediately of the video of the actor Mandy Patinkin, um, yeah. his, you know, son. <laughs> I quote that all the time. Right? His son <laughs> trying to teach the game, and they have no idea what's going on. And yeah. I, I think that that's a true experience for this. Uh, it, it's yeah. really true, yeah. uh, you know, because more people are going to – it is pretty, and it's very inviting, mm -hmm. but you have to know yeah. going in, it's like, oh, this is not a, a, a gateway game. But – and, yeah, but it's brilliant. It really is. It's a fantastic. I think in, inviting yeah. is a great term to describe it. It's it's yeah. a very inviting game, but it's got it's got weight to it. Yeah, and that definitely. needs to be recognized. Right? Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, we were going to my, our number two. This is my choice. Number this two. Is, yeah, you know, we just talked about Wingspan being inviting. It's a game mm -hmm. by Stonemaier um, uh, Games, and I've got another Stonemaier game for you, Chris, and friends watching. Viticulture Essential Edition. Um, nice. I, Great choice. Yeah, this, this game, again, this is not a gateway game. Uh, this is me playing it solo. Um, it does have a solo uh, version. It's a brilliant worker placement game, and I think it needs to be recognized as one of the top games on BGG. It is so smooth playing. Um, this one was uh, years ago when I first got on the hobby. You know, I had been introduced to worker placement, through, like a lot of people, through Stone Age, and I love Stone Age. But this was my next step, and I was, like, so blown away by like, oh, wow, there's way more strategy than I thought. And it was just so, so smooth and smart. Right. And just everything about it was perfect, in my opinion. And 
Um, I just love the theme. I, I'm a, you know, I do enjoy the occasional glass of wine and I would love to own a winery and, you know, everything makes sense. You're sending workers out each season to do all the, to tend to things. And I think this is such a perfect match of theme and mechanism. You literally have little workers. They go out to the field. They harvest the grapes. They bring them in. You you can picture them stomping around like, I love Lucy. Hey, I'm making, you know, wine. And then from there, you bottle the wine and you sell it to your customers. It's so brilliant. And, you know, from a gamer's standpoint, what I love is that little grande worker. I thought that was such a cool design where, you know, workers, they block off spaces, um, but your grande worker, you got to save it because that grande worker, even yeah. if someone's blocking your space, you can go there anyways. I think it's so cool the way they did that. Um, for I think the reason why I put Essential Edition here is because I think this is the one that should be in the top 10. Now, as far as hardcore gamers, add the Tuscany expansion. It really opens the game up and it really does add a lot of crunch to it. But as far as our top 10 uh, games that BGG got wrong, I think this needs to be in the top 10 list. It's so brilliant. And that's why it's our combined number two Viticulture Essential Edition. Yeah, great choice. I, I've only played it once with Tuscany and okay. my friend owns it. And so I haven't purchased it yet, but I it's one of those that like, I feel like I want to have even have duplicates yeah. because like I would want to play it in other yeah. instances as well, you know? Yeah. yeah well, Chris, are you so, much of a so solo fun. gamer? I, I, don't, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Do you play solo games? No, too? I'm not really a solo gamer. I, okay. I find I, I enjoy solo gaming, but I never do it. Yeah. So I've done it like a few times. I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but I would much rather have somebody else there because because I like yeah. talking. I, even in co-ops, like I like to talk out everything. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those who's like, let's talk out every aspect <laughs> of our moves before we do it. Right. And like bounce back and forth. And so <laughs> I, I miss that that sort of interaction yeah. without yeah. Uh, well, if, I, would... if I'm if I want to play something solo, I'll go on board game arena. You know what oh, I mean? Totally. Like, yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah. Just as a solo game, I, uh, this is an important game to note because this introduced the Automa system, right? Oh, so it's, cool. Yeah, it was the first one. Uh, from what I understand, it was the first one to have just a deck of cards. You flip over deck of cards, and that's going to tell you what the uh, solo bot is doing. And I, yeah. you know, th they've you know used that system throughout all of Stonemaier games, so you could play solo. And I, I love that you know it had that um, option um, uh, for a solo gamer. So, anyways. That's it for Viticulture yeah. Essential Edition. We're up to our number one. And let's see what Richard's got in store for us. All right, all right, all right. Um, here we are, folks. The number one most egregiously overlooked game in all of board gaming because it should be arguably in the top 10, maybe even the top one spot of Board Game Geek. It's not my favorite game of all time. It is in my personal top 10, though. And I know I'm not alone in here. Actually, before I started filming this, I went... I uh, Dice Tower did the same topic, I think, a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, or something like that. And um, I think two of the three people in that one, including Tom, agreed with me that it's ridiculous The Dominion is not in the Board Game Geek top 10. And uh, you know, ridiculously, it's not even the top 100. Dominion Intrigue, as of right now, is number 99 on the list and going to get pushed out any day, probably. And that's absurd. It's absurd that Dominion Intrigue is higher than Dominion in and of itself, but we'll put that aside. Uh, this game is so absolutely important. Um, you know, this is up there with Magic the Gathering in terms of influence. I mean, one of the most top five most influential games of all time period. And 
Um, I'm not just giving it a pass because of that. Because in spite of it, I mean, there's a reason it's so influential. It's so good. And ever since it came out over a decade ago now, it's continued to reinvent itself with tons of cool, new, interesting... Um, uh, expansions that are th- constantly throwing in uh, and uh, making us rethink what we consider a deck builder to be, because this is the game that invented an entire genre, one of the most um, you know dominant genres in the entire industry, deck building. Donald X Vaccarino came up with it. Oh, and by the way, Ruel, thank you. Um, my video of Dominion is practically useless, so I figured I would do a live playthrough that you did with a couple of guys on your channel over there. It's a fun video, folks. Go ahead and watch it. Uh, by the way, it has a really great, some good uh, digital implementations as well that make it very playable. But for me, it's all about holding those cards in hand and just playing. You know, the perfect ABC loop. Um, you know, which is basically how they sum up the rules. Um, and it's, I, I. What more needs to be said? It's so influential. It's so perfect. It has so much variety now. Uh, There's so many different ways you can play it. And even though I'm kind of thinking that maybe the expansions are getting a little top-heavy, there's been so much that has come over the years, uh, I'm still impressed. And yeah, it just has to be here. How could it not be in the top 100, let alone the top 10? uh, Let me know down in the comments if you agree or disagree, folks. But... I'm pretty confident um, that me putting it here probably forced Ruel or Chris, or maybe both of them, to keep it off of their personal shortlist. Uh, let me know. Again, I can't wait to see what you guys have come up with, but I'm exhausted now. So let's just end it there. Number one game that should be in the top 10 of Board Game Geek Dominion. <laughs> nice, Chris. I just talked about how much I oh. love um, uh, baseball highlights 2045. I also I love there. trains, man. The trains is a great one. <laughs> how did this get here? Wow, because I heard that Dominion got destroyed by one game. That's that's weird. So maybe I think he might have. I think he might have been talking about trains. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it might have been trains that he was talking about. Mostly yeah. this year. <laughs> I love it. You know, I actually considered putting Dominion on my list as well. It, it's way too low for the amount of um, influence it has on an entire genre of games. Um, so yeah. I'm glad that Richard did put it uh, put it there. Um, I, I, again, I, I think, I, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think, yeah, in terms of influential games, I think Dominion would, would be up up there for me yeah. as well, right? It, it really pioneered so much mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of, uh, I, I don't know, baseball highlights is your favorite deck builder, right? In terms yeah. of in terms of the evolution of deck builders. Yeah. Dominion's still pushing, tr- trucking along, but uh, yeah. there are other, there are other great, uh, great deck builders <laughs> out there yes. as well that yeah. have taken the, taken the inspiration. No, I, I no. absolutely rep- see, see the argument for dominion for sure. Totally. Right. It's, cool. it's solid. And the, and the digital implementation is really good. And yes. honestly, I think that's what made me stop playing it in real life. Cause I was like, you know what? I've played it so much digitally yeah. that I, I just love the, the, the setup is done for me. Yeah. Just randomizes it, do it again. Like playing that over and over. I, I spent, Yep. you know a good couple months just playing that yeah it's definitely. it's really solid it, it really is cool awesome yeah. so there you go folks those are our top 15 games that bgg got wrong be sure to comment below and let us know what you think were the games that bg got wrong uh chris anything mm-hmm. else before we get going no that's that's pretty much it uh that was a fun list it was really interesting to see and and talk about there there's so many great games right there there's so many cases that can be made for a lot of these games yeah. uh, to be in the top 10 
only 10 can remain and uh, i think i think we came up with a pretty good list i think so, so yeah. too very very yeah. good good stuff so there you go folks and uh thanks again for joining us we'll see you next time take care and bye-bye and hello folks welcome to the post hey, show wow we did it we did it well done um we have a we're actually out of time we were it's 2 p.m oh, yeah? pacific yeah so wow. um we do have uh we, we can talk about uh why don't we you got a few more minutes chris do you mind us uh, i got a few here? more minutes okay. yeah i got a few more minutes to hang why don't we do um let's talk about the ones that didn't make uh the show here so uh do you have yeah. the other games that you were going to talk about uh, Catan, Catan was on my list. Yes. Catan just got edged out at the very last moment. It was, a, it was an audible, mm-hmm. um, switch. Uh, one that I was a- almost really wanted to put on and that I didn't know if I could argue it that much was Princes of Florence. Have you played, have you played Princes of Florence? I have not. I've, I know it's, the game, but I have not played it. Yeah. It's in that sort of like, uh, I think it's Rio Grande. That, that's, you know, the t- standard Rio Grande box. It yeah. looks like all the other Rio Grande games. <laughs> it's it's Polyomino. It feels like it was, it was one of the first, first instances of Polyomino. I don't know. Yeah. But the, you're, you're, there's an auction element to it where you're auction, you auction off pieces. Everybody can only get one specific piece. And then you can do only a limited amount of actions on your turn to build things in your garden mm-hmm. and inspire your muses to create works about you. You're like a prince and you want people to create art about you. It's the most like pretentious game if you think about it in terms <laughs> of the theme. Like, ah, yes, carpenter, make me a, make me a house in my honor. Sculptor, right. sculpt me something. Paint me a picture of me. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really slick in terms of like auction mechanic uh and it's one that that i like a lot but i i I feel like in terms of bgg got wrong should be higher um i don't know where it's sitting at at the oh who's a cutie boy there's mookie folks (laughs) oh yes mookie cam that's why you stick around baby (laughs) yeah i haven't i haven't played the game so i'm I'm curious yeah i I definitely want to check it out um any other games on your list that didn't uh make the didn't make the cut here no, because we, we kind of talked about a few of them, right? Like yeah. Agricola was was uh, was a potential. Yep. Um, yeah, and so I kind of I I know we we usually do like a top ten, yeah. and so I just did, I just did eight because I knew my five would be in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, some of the ones that uh, didn't make it. We, yeah. we talked about on my list. Uh, Raw uh, yeah. would have made it. I, I was considering putting Root on there. I again, it's oh, been yeah. so influential. Um, actually, the one I kept off the list because I think it's eventually going to make it is Cascadia. I think that's a brilliant tile laying game. Mm, um, yeah. I also went. You were talking about best games for parents. I was thinking just one I, I think that's one of those games a party games that really you know hits well uh, i was considering yeah. that one i also consider crokinole the greatest dexterity game ever um i think it should be uh, yeah. near the top 10 um then yeah. we talked about the other ones i had blood rage castle burgundy and, and so forth so pretty much cool. uh yeah everything uh, made the yeah. list um good picks now good picks good alternate picks thank you sure. Let, let's uh richard's got uh some as well so why don't we turn over to richard and see what he oh, great. Yeah. had on his uh, the rest of his list. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you guys are doing this, but I figured, what the heck? In for a penny, in for a pound. Let's actually give uh, the folks, at least my personal, idealized Board Game Geek top 10 of all time, starting with 
number 10, Codenames. Board Game Geek does not, as a whole, give enough love and attention and support and recognition of the lighter side of gaming, uh, party games especially, and that doesn't get any better than Codenames. The perfect game um, for any level of player, any skill level, a wonderful in parties. It can also be a bit more thoughtful and thinky. Uh, people don't realize it's a great two-player game, too, played cooperatively. Absolutely fantastic. Totally deserves to be in the top ten of all time. Codenames. Number nine, A Feast for Odin. I just talked about that. Number eight, The Crew. Um, either uh, you know Planet X or whatever the uh, sci-fi one or the more recent uh, Mission Deep Sea, or regardless of which one you have, such an incredible way to turn trick-taking into a cooperative experience that, again, works surprisingly well with two, but is so rich and infinitely replayable. Uh, they threw so much stuff in this tiny little box of cards. They went above and beyond in every way. And yeah, I think the crew deserves it at number eight. Number seven, Wingspan. Maybe not the greatest engine builder of all time, but certainly one of the greatest and such an important game for really evangelizing the hobby um, by being about something other than what I ended up talking about a lot today. Just standard Euroe fare of building things and whatnot. A, a fresh... I mean, this is not the only ornithology-themed game out there, but it's so important that it's had such a huge impact. And on top of all of that, you know, its place in the industry and the importance of pushing us forward as an art form, it's an amazing engine builder. Three simultaneous engines you are trying to uh, juggle and balance at the same time uh, makes uh, Elizabeth Hargrave's Wingspan one of the all-time greats. Uh, then we go on number six, Twa, which I mentioned. Number five, Gloomhaven. This is uh, actually in the top ten right now. It's actually got two spaces because both Gloomhaven and Jaws of the Lion are in uh, the BGG top ten, which drives me nuts. I can't stand that. But regardless, uh, I think Gloomhaven or Jaws Jaws of the Lion or Frosthaven, pick your preferred one, deserves to be here as, you know, the epitome of big, sprawling, grand, grandiose uh, dungeon crawl, but not just as an endless wave after wave of bad guys and just rolling dice. There's nothing wrong with that, but this game is so rich and intricate. And again, it pushed the industry uh, forward with its focus on massive mega box full of goodies that will give you hundreds of hours of unique games. Gameplay uh, means, uh, yeah, I totally, I mean, Gloomhaven is in my personal top 10. I totally believe it deserves to be there. I'm happy it's there. It comes in at number five for me. Number four, Glory to Rome, which I've already mentioned. Uh, number three, Castles of Burgundy, I've already mentioned. Number two, Dominion, which I've already mentioned. And number one would be Pandemic. I totally appreciate that Board Game Geek has Pandemic uh, Legacy Season 1. Again, whatever version of Pandemic you like, this game. I think does so much for the hobby. Uh, it has, you know, like some of the other ones I've mentioned, really defined an entire genre, a massive dominating genre. In this case, I mean, all, almost all co-op games that come out these days owe their core structure to Pandemic. And it's such a rich and firm scaffold to build on. It's amazing how much variety we've gotten over the years. But still, nothing eclipses Pandemic, which I think deserves the number one spot. And it had it for quite a while, and it will be back. Mark my word. But anyway, uh, that's it. And uh, again, uh, thanks for uh, for putting up the show, uh, guys. I can't wait to see what your lists were like. And we'll see. I'll see everybody in an upcoming r and r, &R, &R soon. Bye bye yeah, I figured pandemic had to be Good there. Um, yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic is good. I, I forgot the codenames was on my list too. Um, codenames I was contemplating as well. You, do, guess how many party games are in the top 100, Ruel? Yeah. Uh, Chris, I lost audio. <laughs> oh, this is great. I can't can hear, hear me. This is this is fun. Why can't I hear you? Oh, no. Well, at least this is the end of the show. Uh, worth it. Yeah, I no idea. No, okay. No. Can uh, you okay? As long as the audio, you, you all can hear Chris, I can't hear him for some reason. Maybe oh. my headphones died. I don't know, but uh, here's Mookie. Uh, Chris, say some final words, and then we're going to send people out to raid. <laughs> Go ahead, friend. Yeah. I'll just wait That's until I, I saw, see your mouth stop moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll say I'll say Codenames was on my list. I think that that was a good one. Um, and and it's good because our our time is almost at the end. So Ruel doesn't need to hear all the lovely things that I'm about to say about him. Maybe he'll hear it in the in the playback ruel is just such a lovely kind awesome individual don't we all agree let's give ruel some love because he's just uh, just a, such a solid human uh, we talk about good humans ruel's one of the best humans out there ruel's in my top 10 of all time bgg people let's go uh, no yeah so codenames was on my list uh but but the, anyway this was a fun list thanks thanks chat i'm gonna give ruel this the symbol so that he can rate us off to somebody else Okay, cool. Thumbs up. I believe that means I'm good to go. Uh, we're going to raid, folks. Stick around for the raid. You're going to get extra channel points if you stick around for the raid. Uh, on behalf of Chris, thank you again, Chris, for uh, joining me today. And thanks to Richard for doing the video. And uh, thanks to Mookie for being a good boy. And mm-hmm. here we go for the raid, folks. We're going to raid the losers. The loser, Palooza, they play board games. They're great people. And uh, let me get the raid going here. You got 10 seconds uh, for the raid. Um, uh, Mookie, any final words? No, he's hungry. That's why he's on my lap. He wants to go get a snack. So I'm going to go feed Mookie. Folks, here comes the raid. Thank you again for watching. And uh, we'll see you next time on the R&R and R show. Hopefully it raided. Uh, Let me stick around. Yeah, raided.